Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. Tonight we want to talk about, obviously, something that most people uh, can relate to on some level, and that is sex. You know, over the years we've done, uh, I think, probably about two or three topics or shows uh, discussing this topic, from a but from a biblical perspective. Uh, we want to talk about this evening fornication. You know, one of the things that the that the Bible, uh, in my reading and in my studies, you know, speaks you know, the most about is, is uh, as far as definitely in the Old Testament, is how God feels about sexual immorality. And um, it's interesting, you know, and I think that if, if you know, it's, it's a good read. You know, if I think, and I think if most, more people really read uh, the, uh, you know, the in-depth um, amount of uh, knowledge that, that there is just specifically about sex and fornication, I think people would really be a lot more reluctant to engage in, in in certain behaviors that lead to, um, you know, a lot of different consequences, you know, whether it's, uh, I mean, the Bible says straight up for the wages of sin or death. And, you know, and when you talk about sex, when you talk about fornication, I mean, the, all those things can be found, you know, as a result of um, doing things that God speaks directly against. So I want to do that tonight. We're re- this is probably going to be one of those shows where we where we just really stay Stay in the word, you know what I'm saying? Like really just nitpicking, you know, and, and examining, you know, certain scriptures, many scriptures uh, that pertain to sex. We want to talk about some very specific um, types of sex that the word speaks about, which we'll get into, whether it's, uh, you know, homosexual sins, whether it's adultery, you know, whether it's orgies, trains, you know, threesomes. You know, these are things that the Bible all speaks about that people may or may not be familiar with. So we want to talk about them in a, you know, in a pretty real way. So we're going to do that tonight. You're definitely welcome to call in with any comments, feedback. Uh, hit, hit us up, 646-200-0366. Courtney is here with me tonight. Courtney, we're here talking about fornication this evening. What's going on with you? You excited? I am excited. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. You know, the last time we talked about this this topic was really, I think it was a couple of years ago. Um, in fact, I don't think you and I have done a show specifically on fornication yet, have we? I don't. I can't recall. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't think we have over the, not yet. I know Gerald and I. You know, that was one of the the the, la- the last live shows that he and I did. Um, was on fornication from a strictly biblical perspective. Now, you guys know in our six-year history, we've talked about sex a lot. You know what I'm saying? Since we switched the format, though, this is going to be one of the first times we really, you know, dug into the word in regards to what, uh, uh, you know, what it says about about sex. We want to tonight. I want to like break it up, you know, into in a couple couple different sections. Um, we want to talk about fornication from a just a general perspective. Have some pretty much some general things that the word says about it. But then we want to focus on and really break it down from three three areas. Um one being um temptation. You know, obviously temptation is something that we can all relate to on some level, whether it's sexual or, you know, or otherwise other forms of temptation. And uh we want to talk about different first of all what the word says about temptation, um what it is, where it comes from and how to overcome it. And then we just want to talk about um you know how to how to flee uh flee flee from temptation and and you know the the tools that the that the word gives us to do that I want to talk about that but then also we want to get into this evening um you know the really the old testament 
because this is where it gets real. Because I think a lot of times in today's society, uh, people just want to do what they want to do. You know, they want to. They they're not familiar with you know how God feels about certain things. Now, you know, we we talk a lot about you know how Christ died for our sins and how we're no longer going to be punished. You know, like we were in the Old Testament. That's what you know Jesus dying on our cross on the cross for our sins was for. But as we say often, that doesn't change how he feels about God, that is, certain sins. And, and I want to talk specifically about the Old Testament, some scriptures that speak to, how, you know, what happened to people who exhibited certain things, you know, like adultery, like the orgies, you know, other forms of sexual immorality. So we're going to talk about those. But then also, you know, there is good news. We want to also talk about forgiveness. Uh, this evening, you know, because I think, you know, obviously we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And um, so it's good to, I think, discuss, you know, hoish behavior, but more importantly, how to rebound from that, you know, how to, um, you know, what the word says about our sins being cleansed and, you know, things like that. So we just want to talk about it, man. But um, you know, I'm excited about tonight's show because um, just in preparation for tonight, you know what I mean, I came across a lot of scriptures that I was, you know, some I was familiar with, but others that, you know, God showed me specifically pertaining to tonight's show that I think a lot of people will be able to relate to. So definitely excited about that. Courtney, I mean, you, you, ever, you ever read the word and just find yourself amazed and in awe at at the level of God's passion Regarding sexual immorality? Yeah, I do. And the good thing about the Bible, because I think a lot of people, you know, they don't realize it, um, but it's very, you know, applicable to, you know, today's society and what's going on. Like everything is discussed in the Bible. And so, yeah, I, I do enjoy reading that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Let's let's jump right into it because, like I said, there are a great number of of scriptures and verses that I want to uh, analyze this evening uh, pertaining to sex. So you know, we don't want to be here all night uh, tonight. So I want to jump right on into it. I want to start off from First Corinthians six eighteen, which which is a very uh, common scripture that many people are aware of. It says basically, just flee from sexual immorality. You know, it it says that every other sin that a person commits is outside of the body. However, the sexually immoral person sins against his own body. And and that that for me, what I take from that, you know, is that our bodies are not ours. You know, we know that. You know, that's why we're not supposed to do things like, you know, uh, you know, have uh you know, get tattoos and, you know, marking up your body and things like that, because your body is a temple, you know, your body is not your own, you know what I mean, it is God, and uh, so we have to respect it, we have to take care of it, and so uh, the word says that we should flee from it. Now, what, what unfortunately, though, what happens is not only do people not flee from sexual immorality, but they actually embrace it, you know, they actually seek it out. You know, we live in a society where the media where the entertainment industry, you know, who who obviously is passionate about making a mockery of God's word and things like that, not only do they not flee from sexual immorality, but people are embracing it. They're living a lifestyle that almost says we are worshiping, 
you know, sexual, you know, sexual sins and sexual immorality. So we're supposed to flee from it. Um, Courtney, any, any thoughts on that? You know, which is often, I'll be honest, fleeing from sexual immorality is often easier said than done. Can you relate to that? Yeah, I, I, I can. I can relate to that because it's, like you said, it's easy to say you're not going to do anything, but when you're in the moment and you're really tested, that is when you really see, you know, how strong you are and how rooted really you are, um, you know, in Christ because it's, it's serious. And one thing I will say is um, with just in regards to women, I think a lot of us embrace that lifestyle and embrace fornication because, you know, it's a form of attention. And so it's like we crave that attention. And so with that attention comes sex and, you know, fornication. And so that's why it's like an addiction to a certain extent. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, one of the next live shows you guys are going to hear is a show on addiction and not just your normal addictions, but what's called and known as emotional addiction, where a lot of people turn to sexual immorality when they are not having certain core needs that are that are uh, being met. You know, whether that's, you know, self-love, self-worth, value, affirmation, things like that. When you're not receiving those things, often, you, you know, that's going to cause pain, which causes people to turn to what's known as the addictive agent. And a lot of, for many people, relationships, men, women, drugs, alcohol, you know, sex, they, they use that as a coping mechanism. And so definitely um, it's not. That's obviously not going to be good, and it's not going to have a positive effect. So, so just think about that. Flee, you know, to just flee from it, because when you embrace it, bad things will happen. Whether that's becoming a single mom, whether that's becoming, uh, uh, you know, having to be a man who is a, um, not even, not even going to say a deadbeat dad, because all men who, you know, who father children where they're not with the, you know, the mother. All of them don't end up being deadbeat dads. You know what I'm saying? Like some do, many do, but the reality is we talk a lot on barbershop talk and things like that about how that's really one of the worst, our worst nightmares. So some men choose to take the easy way out and just don't deal with it. Other men, they live a life of hell. Yeah, they handle their responsibility just because you know, they're not deadbeats, but at the same time, I can promise you no one is going to be happy you know, about having to raise a, a a child outside of marriage, outside of wedlock with a woman that they only expected to have a quick one-night stand with. So that's why the Bible says, hey, look, avoid certain situations, flee sexual morality, because that's just a num- one of many, you know, bad situations that you could find yourself in. So I wanted to start tonight's show out with that one because, you know, because we're going to hear about what happens when you don't flee from sexual immorality and so really before we even go any further if people just would you know take that one scripture and just just you know follow it they'd be straight Courtney, you ever wish that you fleed from sexual immorality yes i do but then at the same time it helped me you know with my testimony but i'll admit sometimes i'm like oh i shouldn't have done that <laughs> so yeah yeah, it is what it is, and I, I can relate to that as well, man. I mean, you know, I think I don't think there's anyone here listening that that can't relate to that on some level. So, so there's that. Now, another scripture that I found was interesting, and, and I mentioned the 
the world in the entertainment industry and just you know there's a lot of peer pressure to to live a life of of sin you know like whether it's you know uh in school whether it's at at the job at you know depending on the career that you're in or you know music videos and i mean it it could literally be anything that are encouraging people to live a life of the world. In fact, the Bible says in James 4.4, 4, you adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. And I think that in today's society, a lot of people think that they can multitask. They think that they can do both. They think that they can be a friend of God and have friends who are not of God, who can hang out in situations that are clearly not of God. And that's it's pretty much clear here in James 4, 4 that you can't do that. You know, you adulterous people, you people who are cheating on God, who are deceiving God, you know, because that's really where that word comes from, adultery, you know, which is we, we, we found out a couple of shows ago, which is another word really for lusting. It, it, you're being viewed by the same way, you know, in the same way by God, when you're lusting, when you're living a, you know, a sexually immoral, immoral lifestyle, you're, that you're, that's adultery right there. So, and I think that we, we did a show a while ago on, you know, who or what do you stand for? You know, what do you represent? Is it God or is it of the world? Courtney, any thoughts on um, James 4.4? 4? Yeah, I think that it is an amazing scripture. And that's something that, you know, I can relate to myself because I was trying to flip-flop between both um, God and the world, or really Satan. And, you know, what happens in those types of situations, you're going to go one way or the other. You know, you're never you're just going to straddle the fence. Eventually you'll cross over one way. And I'm just so happy that, you know, I went with God. But, yeah, it was one point where I, you know, wanted to live for Christ and wanted to live for God, but I still wanted to party, still wanted to club, still wanted to get drunk, still wanted to do all of that, and it didn't work out because that conviction came. And so I had to make a choice. Yeah, absolutely. And and I found just from being online, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not, you know, I don't want anybody to think I'm judging or anything. I mean, this is all... Everything we're talking about are, are things that I've at one point in my life struggled with. Some still struggle with. I mean, we are all walking a certain, you know, walk or and path towards trying to live a, you know, a certain type of lifestyle. So I mean, you know, some are, you know, further along than others, but we're all struggling. We're all a work in progress. And the reality is, I mean, you could look at just Facebook. I know I've had conversations with people, you know, who have said straight up, like, yeah, you know, I may not post that on my on my page but I'll post it in the friends group you know what I'm saying just because I I'm I'm sure that people there have similar views I said well you know what's the big deal with posting on your page well, I just don't know how people are going to what people are going to think I don't want to you know I'm not sure about their views I said well what difference does it make about their views why do you care what other people think about you like who are they you know not and not just that but not only who are they but what can those people do that God can't do for you? Because I know for a fact there's nobody, you know, there's nobody out here who is who who can do more for me than God has already done for me and will continue to to do for me. So not there's no one on my Facebook friends list, you know what I mean? Who who I'm afraid of, who I'm intimidated by, 
who I should be worried about impressing or worried about thinking what they think about me. Really, because at the end of the day, none of it, none of it matters. You know, in fact, it says right right there, you cannot be friends with the world. So I encourage everybody to, based on that scripture, really go ahead and look at your friends list and ask yourself, are your friends of God or are your friends of the world? Because the Bible says right here, you can't have friendship with God and of the world. You know, in fact, it makes you an enemy of God. And I don't know about you, Courtney, but I don't want... God is my enemy, and you shouldn't either, guys, because we're about to read what the Word says about how God treated and punished his enemies in the Old Testament and how his enemies, because this stuff is not understand. I think we real quick, we need to just clarify. Yes, Jesus Christ died for our sins, you know, but, and so now, no, he no longer punishes people here on earth. While you're living, there will be no more quote-unquote punishment because Jesus died for our sins. But that doesn't mean you get off scot-free. That doesn't mean that the enemies of God get off scot-free. Because the Word says that enemies, and we'll hear, we'll hear more about this, but you got to die you know, at some point. So the enemies of God will not inherit the kingdom of God, you know, the kingdom of heaven. And the enemies of God will... You know, we'll spend eternity in hell. And so, again, it all starts with who your friends are and what your friends represent. You know, they say, you you, uh, you know, birds of a feather flock together. That's very true because I don't think I need to beat that, you know, the dead horse. I think you guys get it. You can't have friends of the world and fr- and be a friend of God. A lot of people don't see it that way, Courtney. That's true. They don't, but it it is what it is. I mean, it's the truth, and it's right there in the Bible. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's one of the great things about this show is that we really just focus on things from a biblical perspective, you know, and break it down. And some, honestly, I mean, we do a lot of different types of shows, but these are the, you know, the shows that I really enjoy the most because I don't even really have too much to say tonight, you know, or as far as my own opinion goes. Like, literally, tonight's outline is filled with Scripture. That's that's just it. That's all. Like I'm telling you right now, that's all we're gonna do tonight is just analyze what the Bible says about fornication, about sex, about hoish behavior, about being a pimp, about running trains, having you know a friend with benefits. Like all that stuff is gonna be discussed tonight. You understand that, guys? Um, and like I said, I, I know. Uh, shout out to Cheryl. I think she said she wanted to call in tonight. A couple other people they were like, "Yeah, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna tune in tonight." So definitely, the phone lines are open, man. If you guys have questions or comments or you know clarification about anything regarding what the word says about uh, you know fornication or anything you know of that nature, Just keep it moving. Let's talk a little bit, Courtney, about temptation. You know, now many of you may remember. Our our special on Tyler Perry's movie, Temptation, you know, Confessions of the Marriage Counselor, which was a, a all time classic show. From a little bit of a different perspective, we analyzed the you know the film. We talked about um, you know men and what you know just how men can relate to uh, Lance Gross's character, you know, the young woman uh, journey, her her character and, and, and the things that she did. So that was definitely a, a great show from a uh, temptation standpoint. But let's hear what the word says about temptation. Now I have here in uh, 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, 
no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man, but that God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. Now, this is one of my favorite scriptures of all time, and the reason for that is because it's just good news. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's a very, that's empowering right there. It's, it's great to know that something that we all can relate to, which is temptation, which is sex. I mean, let's just, can we get real for a little bit? Like, we all want to have sex. That is a natural, uh, fleshly feeling that we can all relate to. It says right there, no temptation. Like you, basically, you will not feel anything that other people of the human race cannot relate to. Whether So if you're horny, if you want to have sex, if you want to wild out a little bit, get drunk, these are all things that people can relate to. All right. It says that, however, God is faithful, and he won't let you be tempted beyond what you can handle. You understand that? So if you want to have sex, you'll be able to resist that temptation. You know, it says that with any temptation, there will always be that little voice in, the, in your ear saying that, Okay, hey, th- this is the way out of it. Here's the option. This is what you can do to escape. And it's it's always funny when I self-reflect. I'm like, wow, okay. Even thinking about the times when I, when I have fallen victim to sin, I, there was always like, dang, man, I I could have just I could have just you know not called her back. I could have just ignored that text message. I could have just did whatever, you know, and 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 not found myself in this situation. But you know, we often say the heck with that little voice, and just go ahead and do what we do. What do you think about that? Is that something you can relate to? Yeah, that is something I can relate to. Um, You know, the times where I didn't listen to the voice, you know, I would try to rationalize my decision. And a lot of that came from, well, most of it, if not all, came from Satan because, you know, in one area, you know, God will be telling me, you know, don't do this because this is what will happen. These are, and then on the other hand, they will be like, well, it's not that bad. You know, if you you just do it this one time, and it won't be a big deal. You know, it's not it's not as serious as you think it is. And so I, you know, gave into it, whether that was sex or masturbation, you know, watching porn, whatever it was. And it turns out that it was never just one time. You know, I was being lied to. But the point is, God did give me a way out. I just didn't take it. Right. It's interesting that you said that. We actually, Courtney and I, you, uh, we both, we did a show probably about two years ago at this point on on porn. A lot of people tuned into that, and I'm not sure what happened to that. You know, I've, I've tried to find it in the past. I've tried to Google it. I'm not scrolling through a million shows that we've done in the past, you know, trying to find it. But usually when you Google shows with the title, it pops right up. I know I, mean, I know we did this show, but for whatever, maybe you guys can find it. But definitely we, we did a whole show on masturbation, on porn, on porn addiction. So if you guys can find it, let me know. Post it in the group. But for whatever reason, you know how the enemy, you know, seems to, uh, you know, uh, Attack us through technical difficulties sometimes when there's shows that are um, done with the intent to free some people from bondage and things like that. So, you know, weren't able to find that show, but as far as rebroadcasting, but yeah, it's, it's something a lot of people can relate to. All that means is me and you, Courtney, we just got to do another. You remember that show, don't you? 
Oh yeah, I do. I do. One of my favorites. Yeah, that was that was like one of those classic shows of all time. So, you know, check it out if you can find it. Um, if, here's the interesting thing about talking about temptation. You know, over in Second Timothy, one seven, it says here, it says right here, it says that you, you know, in First 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 Corinthians, the, that last one we talked about, it says that you will always have a way to escape the temptation. And in Second Timothy says right here definitively, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, and love, and self-control. You understand that, guys? Self-control. If you have self-control, then you don't have to worry about succumbing to fleshly desires and wants and needs and, you know, things like that. It's not as serious. It's not as, a big, as big of a deal. You don't have to be afraid of, you know, falling to sin or, you know, things like that because you can control yourself. A lot of people out here are wilding out in the streets because they have no self-control. You know, having all types of sex, getting getting drunk, can't hold their liquor. You know, bad things happen just just because there's no self control. So um, we 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 have that ability. It's just a matter of utilizing the ability of uh, of self self control. Now, keeping it moving over in Matthew 26, which is a, another great one. It says that we should watch and pray. You know what I'm saying? Like, really be aware of your surroundings. Stay prayed up. It says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. It says that the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And this is another good one, like I said, because, I mean, it, it speaks the truth. You know, what does this mean? Well, you know, I, you could just go to church. You know, you ever go to church on Sunday and then come home? And have some great sex Sunday afternoon. I know I have. I, I can. I suspect that many of you have as well. It's like you're going to church not with the intention of coming home and fornicating, but it which shows that the spirit, you know, wants to get right with God. You have every intention on going to church Sunday morning, but Saturday night you say, "Oh yeah, we're just gonna chill, right? We're just gonna hang out. It's just a movie." We're just going to go out to grab something to eat. You know, I'm going to church, get my praise on. That's the in, that's the goal. That's the intent. It says the spirit is willing, but, you know, the flesh is weak. Well, ain't that the truth? Is your, has your flesh ever been weak, Courtney? Yes, <laughs> it, it has. And, and just like you said, um, the... Having sex after church, I mean, that's something I've done before. And, you know, I, I wanted to do right, but I just, you know, I, I couldn't. Or I didn't feel like I could at that time. But here's the thing, though. A lot of people, they feel like, you know, um, I, I'll i be able to fight the temptation off, you know, on my own. Like, I'm strong. I'm, I can do it. It's not a big deal. But then when that temptation comes, they fall. And that's only because they're, they're relying on their own strength, and you can't. You know, you're, we're not strong enough. We need God's help. And so that's why it's so important, like the Scripture says, like you need to watch and pray and really, like, seek God because you cannot do it by yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's actually impossible. You know what I'm saying? That's why the Bible says that you have to, you know, you have to get your candy burris on it and stay prayed up. You know what I'm saying? 
A lot of people don't, you know, they miss that song. But I like that song. We we talked about that that song a couple months ago. Was that who's that with her? Is that Marvin Sapp in that? Uh, yeah, yeah. That's my song, man. They need to play that more on the gospel stations, man. But you know, a lot of people. She got a lot of criticism for that, you know, just because the fact that she sold her soul for fame and fortune and money and can frequently be seen throwing up six 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 signs, you know, on a regular basis. But, you know, a lot of people criticized her because of that and the fact that she went on and made a, you know, a gospel song. But, I mean, I feel like, hey, you know, if it blesses you, if the song blesses you, then then be blessed by it, you know what I'm saying? And, and don't judge the, 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 the message giver, but just take what you, you know, you can from it and, you know, and keep it moving. But, yeah, so definitely watch and pray. I say I love that. Just watch, yo. Those should be some. Uh, that should be some. The new T-shirts, man. Watch and pray. But you know, watch somebody come out with some T-shirts. Say watch and uh, pray in the spring. <laughs> um, let's go to the phone lines. You know, let's see what's going on in the phone lines. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. We're talking tonight about fornication. You know what I'm saying? Definitely a topic that, um, like I said, is you know we we talk about it every day. In one way or another, you know, today we're just talking about it from a strictly biblical uh, standpoint. But I do see a call on the line from the 502 area code. Welcome to uh, the Day Don Tolbert Show. Hello. Hey, what's Hello? going on? Is this Cheryl? It is Cheryl. Hey, Day Don. Hey, Courtney. Hey, Cheryl. Hey. Hi. How's it going tonight? <laughs> it's going well. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, watch and pray, Cheryl, that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. Is that a scripture that you can relate to? Oh, sure. Um, absolutely. I mean, I think any every person, I mean, can definitely um, relate to the feelings of um, temptation and um, wanting to do the right thing in you know, a variety of situations, but... Um, um, the flesh, you know. Um, Let me ask uh, you, what what's some advice ahead. that you would give to maybe a young woman who may not be as um, as rooted in Christ as as she specifically needs to be? And you know, what's some advice that you could give to her about watching and praying so that she does not fall into temptation? Um, you know. I would say, you know, I know they, we talk about self-control and, and such. I say to to really think about the situations you're putting yourself in before you get there and have to make a decision. Like the decision, like really if you're, and I would say particularly in, I mean, in this area, um, if you're going to live a life that's pleasing to God, you can't leave certain things um up to chance, if you know what I mean. So um, you have to, I recommend, you know, just deciding on boundaries um, ahead of time and um, just really, you know, just knowing yourself, you know, knowing yourself and um, staying away from tempting situations altogether so then that way it's not left up to willpower. There you go. There you go, Cheryl. You know, you stick around for a little bit because I want to come back to you because, you know, you're you're like the resident, you know, biblical scholar here, you know what I mean? So we definitely want to um, 
you know, uh, utilize you in your in your, um, your your biblical knowledge and just spirituality as far as um, analyzing some of the some of the word here. And you guys are welcome as well to call in with any uh, of your own you know analyses of the uh, of the show, you know, or I should say of the word. And um, you know, we'll, we'll hear from you. Six four six two zero 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 three six six. But yeah, definitely watch and pray. You know. Says for God gave us a, uh, a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Control yourselves. You know what I'm saying? I remember a young a young woman tried to rape me one day. I said, "Whoa, chill." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Control yourself. You know what I mean? I said, "God gave you a spirit of of you know what I'm saying self-control." Trying to rip my clothes off. I'm like, "Whoa, what the heck?" Where did that come from? Now I'm, I mean, it would be nice if I was joking, but I'm serious, man. Like these are stories that like y'all haven't even begun to hear the stories that I have out there, you know, from from my past. I mean, I've told you many, but you know, I haven't even begun to tell you like the the magnitude of the the level of stories that. So I share, I've been sharing more and more with with the, some of the women that I counsel, you know, private. Some of them they're not for the air; they're just for private. You know what I'm saying? So and they they're sworn to secrecy. So I tell everybody, when you do private counseling with me, you know, those those sessions are confidential. But guess what? That goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? You can't tell anybody what I tell you either because I keep it honest. We keep it honest with each other. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, What else? This is good stuff. I I mean, real quick, one of the things I I love sharing, this is my favorite scripture of all time. You know, it says to, uh, the Bible says to delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. I mean, that's basically very clear and very evident. And I, that's one of the things that I focus on with, with women that I work with through counseling is that when you have fun with the word, you know, then and just overall, you know, when you live a lifestyle that is pleasing to God and can be fun and it's delightful to you, God will reward you with the desires of your heart. People think that you have to jump through hoops and finding love is so hard and so complex. It's actually not complex at all. All it involves is not delighting yourself in sex, not delighting yourself in the pleasures of the world, but delighting yourself in the Lord, as the Word says, and then he will give you the things that are really, you know, in your heart that you, you know that you really want, whether that's love, whether that's a family, whether it's friends, whether it's happiness. I mean, he will he will give you those things. And, you know, tonight's show to me is one of my ways of delighting myself in the Lord. You know, it's fun. This should be fun to you. Listening to the show, calling into the show, following along. And like, that's, these are, I cannot stress enough, guys. You know, this this show, like, could be, serve as your daily, you know, uh, you know, Bible, you know, uh, you know, meditation, you know, because uh, we, sp- you know, we speak from a biblical perspective. It could serve as your spiritual time with God, your quiet time with God, where you just kind of zone out and, you know, and listen to us and and, and follow in the Word. I mean, these are these. This is what God wants you to be doing. So, sure beats uh, scandal or Grey's Anatomy or whatever is on. So it is what it is, though. Courtney, is that anything that you can relate to, though? That uh, you know, that scripture as far as delighting yourself in the Lord and and uh, Him giving you the desires of your heart. Yeah, and it's so very important because I think a lot of times, you know, we can have a, a spirit of just idleness, you know, and then when that happens, that's when, 
you know, when the devil attacks us, it's easier for him to do that because we're not, we're just sitting there not doing anything. We're not delighting ourselves in the Lord. We're not, you know, spending time with him. And that doesn't even mean just like reading the Bible. That could just mean having a conversation and just talking to God. You know, doing things like that, that helps. So, you know, when you are tempted, you know, it won't it won't work, you know, because you've developed that relationship with God, you know, which means you're closer to him. And so that it helps so much and it's so important to do that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, absolutely, man. I cannot stress enough. You know, people think that this show is for people or this show is for, you know, really, I mean, it's, it is for you guys, but at the end of the day, it's it's for me. You know what I'm saying? Like honestly, this is so this is how I get my blessings, you know what I'm saying? By being a blessings a blessing to others, you know, is is what keeps my blessings coming down. So, you know, I that's why people they like, Oh dad, he you know, posting the advertisements for the show and posting scriptures and different things on Facebook to thousands of people. I mean, that's not for you guys, but it's really more so, you know, because it's my my uh goal is to be a blessing to God. And uh, and continue to get my blessings and, and blessings from my family. So that's pretty much what it's all about. I was looking at the word, and in uh, First Corinthians seven two says, "But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife, and each woman her own husband." Now, this is a, this this could be taken a couple different ways. You know, obviously this speaks to the importance of you know, not being living life in an, an adulterous, you know, state of being, um, but more so, it's it's very um, empowering when you think about. Wait a minute, you don't have to be tempted. You don't have to resort to a life of sex, a life of sexual immorality. All you have to do is do what you you are supposed to do, and you will have love, so that you'll have your own wife that you guys can wild out and do whatever you want to do to each other, you know. You'll have your own husband that you can do all types of think sexual things with, you know. You have your own. You don't have to live a, a the life of a whoremonger, you know what I'm saying. You can actually just chill and, and have your sexual fantasies and desires fulfilled. Because I think, and this is one of the realest scriptures in all of the Bible, because it shows that God understands us. He understands, hey, some nights, you know, you're not trying to hear the gospel station. Some nights you just want to go ahead. You're in a sexual mood and you want to do some other things. But, you know, you can do those things, but just in the context of having your own wife and having your own husband. Because it says right here, because the temptation of sexual immorality is there, it is present, that's why you have to have your own wife, so that you can have those desires fulfilled. You guys got, if you really break this scripture down, it's saying, he's saying, I know you get horny and will get horny, but there's a time and a place for everything. It's with your own husband and it's with your own wife. I'm just saying, is that, Courtney, you know, that's like one of the realest scriptures. It really is. That's a, that's a really good scripture. And I think it's it's really good, um, you know, great to to meditate on because I think now just our society is just, um, you know, people are just living for now and it's just all about instant gratification and people aren't really thinking about the fact that, like the Bible says, you can do those things just, you know, 
um, when you're married, and people just want it right then and right there, and then they suffer the consequences. And that's why it's so important to just wait and be patient, you know, and trust God, and all those things will come. Oh yeah, absolutely. They'll they'll come eventually. You know, in fact, Cheryl, what what are your thoughts on that particular scripture? Is that anything that you can relate to? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, sometimes we, we you know, I feel like some of these conversations just start feels like, Oh, you're just saying, No, 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 don't do it, you know, sex is bad. That's what some I feel like sometimes the conversation goes like people think that when you bring it up, but you know, I mean, I just remind people, you know, God created sex. Like, God created sex, and he created um, us to have sexual desires. And so God created it. It's good. I mean, and the, quote, unquote, the rules, if people think of them, or restrictions on sex, and that is um, um, confined to, to marriage is really, again, for our benefit and enjoyment as well. So, um, yeah. I like to think of it as a as a positive versus a, you know, staying away from something, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Cheryl. Excellent point. I'm excited about tonight's show. We'll go back to the phone lines because I know this is this is probably one of the, the most relatable topics, you know, that people that will do that pretty much everybody can relate to. You know what I'm saying? Like who can't relate to you know, who can't relate to sex, but even if you are a virgin, you know what I'm saying, or are actively practicing celibacy and have been, you know, certainly you can relate to sexual temptation and the and the temptation to to uh to fall back into a life of sin and um so hopefully tonight's show will just be a you know, be that benchmark, be that continual resource and reference point that people can just go back to in their time of need. You know, and I always encourage people, you know, these shows are all available on on uh, iTunes, all shows are archived right at DaytonTolbertShow.com. These these shows can be downloaded and, and burned on the CDs and, you know, listen to them in your car, put them on your iPod or whatever it is that you do, and just go back to them and just listen. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, But I do see another call here on the uh, on the line from the 571 area code. Uh, welcome to the Dayton Tolbert Show. Hi, this is Asha. How are you? Hey, Asha, good. How are you? Hello. Hi, Daydon. Hi, Cheryl. Hi, Courtney. Um, it's been a while since Hello. I was able to listen live. So um, I always am blessed by this topic because God has used it to break some strongholds in, in my life personally. I was a single, you know, teen mom, so struggled with sexual issues when I was younger. Um, and one of the things that I love about the place that God has me in right now is similar to what Cheryl was saying, when you look at how God designs things and you look at um, even delayed gratification, how he makes provision for everything he designs. He designs the sparrows. He knows how he's going to feed them. He creates sex and he has a way and a purpose for it. Um, It actually makes you reverence him even more because you know he's not keeping you from something. You know he's provided something for you. He just has a way for you to experience it in every aspect. And I know you asked um, for advice for younger people, um, and I I do work with teens a lot. And one of the scriptures that um, I use the most is actually Proverbs 4.23, and it says, um, above all else, guard your heart 
because out of it, everything else you do flows. And I think it's really important for us to look at, especially for women. For men, sex is a little bit more sexual, but for it's just sex in a lot of aspects. But for women, it's emotional and it's designed to be that way. Um, if you guard your heart, you're not concerned about lust and sex. So that's just part of the advice I usually give. Asha, thank you so much for uh, for calling in and sharing that. There are a lot of people who can relate to um, to that and, and need to hear a good word of, of, of guarding your heart, which the Bible speaks a lot about. Let everybody know where you're calling in from. Virginia. My heart is in Chicago, but I live in Virginia. <laughs> excellent, uh-huh. excellent. Well, Asha, don't be a stranger. Definitely it's good to hear from you. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, Asha actually organized our first ever uh, Friends of the Day Don Tolbert Show uh, book club, where where you guys read my book, my novel, The Love We Had, and we actually did a live show on it. You know what I'm saying? So we did a live show, and we also did a live book club discussion on it. So if you guys, first of all, if you haven't read my book, you got you know I'm mad at you. you just just understand that. Get my novel. Get The Love We Had. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely crazy novel. The realest book ever. Check it out on iTunes, I mean, on uh, Amazon and Kindle and all that good stuff. Uh, but it, it speaks about a lot of the stuff that we, um, you know, that we're talking about tonight. There is some sex in there. I'm not trying to sell it on, but I'm just being honest. There is some sex, but it's discussed in a real way. You know, from a college perspective, two young lovers, and you get an opportunity to see, you know, how the the effect that sex between two people who do have something special. It's not like, oh, yeah, I'm going to dog crowd, but it's like two people who really do care for each other. They they do decide to go there, and, um, you know, a lot of stuff ensues as a result. So definitely, I can't stress enough, check it out. But shout-out to Asha for, um, you know, taking the reins on that. Uh, let's go back to the phone lines, though. Um, 646-200-0366, hit the number one on your keypad. Uh, if you have a question or comment, uh, I see a call here from the 617 area code. Welcome to the Day Don Tober Show. Hi there, everybody. Um, I am excited about being on a call and listening, and I just wanted to piggyback on what you guys um, were saying earlier, maybe about uh, two callers ago, and I just wanted to share um, from one one, the three, blesses the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. And um, the reason why I share that is because this is, like, very visual for me as well, because when someone is tempted and falls into sexual sin, it's not always something that's just brazenly, outwardly, just out there, um, just grabbing at you. It can be very subtle. And in here, um, we have, you know, one that does not walk in step or one that does not stand in a way, or sit in a company of markers. So someone that's trying to talk to you, that can get into your ear, you know, they're walking in step with you, they're in your ear trying to chit-chat. You know, if you've given them time, you stand and they hear what they have to say. And then 
once you're beyond that, you're sitting in a company of mockers and then, you know, falling into sin after that, you know. And um, that's just reality right there. And um, right. I just wanted to share on that, and that was it. Well, you know, I appreciate that. There are a lot of people who need to hear that. Um, definitely, that's a blessing. Let let everybody know where you're calling in from. I'm calling from Boston, Massachusetts, Titletown. <laughs> okay. All right. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for for sharing that. We appreciate uh, hearing you. And you know, it's it's great to hear people from all over, whether it's you know Virginia, Chicago, in Massachusetts. I mean, you know, down south. You know, th- this is a, a a topic that literally. It doesn't matter where you're from, what state, what country, where you're listening. I mean, this is something that everyone has has felt. Everyone has felt temptation. Everyone has had sex. If you haven't had sex physically, you, there has have been uh, situations of lust at various points. So this is just great that uh, people, you know, uh, are uh, are blessed by this topic and are interested in. Or not only just interested in this topic, because everyone's interested in sex, but are interested in hearing the topic discussed. From a strictly biblical standpoint, let's go back to the phone lines. I uh, uh, see a call here from the 313 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tobacco. In my life, yes, yeah. you asked if I was with you. Oh, my goodness. These are the people from last night. What the <laughs> heck? That's the same people. What the heck are they doing? What the heck is going Yo, that's the same people from Monday night. Yeah, It man. did sound like no, yeah, it's definitely because I remember now when I said three one thousand. Like, Wait a minute, that's the same area code that they were arguing in the background before, man. They anyway, uh, yeah, give us a call. Hit the number one on your keypad if you have anything to uh, talk about or anything to share. This is good, good discussion. It's that that's what we get for not screening our calls, right? Never have, never will. But you know, that's just how we like to keep it, keep it real. This is another interesting one. Right now, we're like I said, we're going to break up tonight's show in a couple different, um, you know, areas. You know, temptation, forgiveness, punishment. You know what I mean. And um, one of the things in regards to temptation is that I came across was James one twelve, uh, which actually says well, one twelve through sixteen says, "Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial." For when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he's tempted, I'm being tempted by God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then desire, when it is conceived, give birth, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Now, this is another great one. You know, I mean, I mean, the whole Bible is great, to be honest. I mean, everything is, that's how you know it's ordained by God, just because, you know, it's, everything is so relatable. But this, I mean, we could do a whole show just on this scripture, which we, and we've done that in the past, you know, taking just one scripture. Just happens tonight, we're, we're discussing many. But look at this, man. Look at what it says here. We all have temptation, as we established earlier. 
But it says, blessed is the man or the woman who remains steadfast under trial. Not just does the, the thing that they're supposed to do when they're supposed to do it. Because it's easy to do right. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I do this and that. I'm, you know what I'm saying? I'm a, I'm a Christian and I'm, I'm you know, saved and sanctified and da-da-da. But, I mean, it's blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial when you are being tempted. Fellas, when you got that... You know what I'm saying? That booty in your face. When you got the, the young woman texting you trying to come over and let you smash. Not when you, you know, ladies, when you resist temptation from someone who's fat and ugly. But I'm talking about when that person looks like the person who you would say is one of the the most attractive people in the world to you. And he's the one trying to, you know, seduce you into sin. It says, blessed is the man you know what I'm saying? At that point, when you're under trial, when you're dealing with temptation, it says, for he who has stood the test, you know what I'm saying, they will receive the crown of life. If you haven't been tested, then you have no idea how much you know or how strong you are. You understand that? It says that uh, the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Well, here's the thing about that. When you love him, you're not going to want to hurt him or betray him or sin against him so when you live that type of lifestyle where you're keeping god's commandments in mind and really at the end of the day god's feelings in mind based on how you carry yourself you know it it says let no one say when he's tempted i'm being tempted by god and i hear that a lot you know that's very common i hear that a lot a lot of people will use that as a crutch oh oh this you know my ex-boyfriend calling me up you know, that's just God's tempting me right now. God is testing me. No, God isn't testing you at all. God doesn't test people. He doesn't tempt people. That's not what he does. It says, for God cannot be tempted with evil, and he himself tempts no one. So don't blame it on God. You know, and Courtney, you, know, you and I talk about this sometimes. It says, but each person is tempted when he's lured and enticed by what? His own desire. That's really what it is. So understand this, guys. Really break this down. If you're being tested, if you're being tempted, it's because deep down there's something inside of you that it's because you really want to do it. You know, the you know, people always hear people say, "Well, God knows my heart." Oh yeah, God knows your heart absolutely. But guess who else knows your heart? You know what I'm saying? The enemy. The enemy knows your heart as well. So if you you know, are are found in a certain situation that is tempting, that is possibly going to turn cause you to turn to sin, it's because that situation was engineered by the enemy, but based on your own desires. It's kind of like a nightmare on, on Elm Street. You know, Freddie would come into the people's dreams, right, and he would only be able to attack them if they believed him, if they were scared of him, he used their own fears against them. That's how, if you weren't scared, you never went to sleep and you never had nightmares, then it, was, it wasn't a big deal because you, you, you didn't have the fear in you. Same type of thing. The devil can't affect you if deep down you're not wanting to do those things. Like, think about it. There's, it's not a temptation if it's not in some way pleasing to you. If it's not something that you would enjoy doing, it's not temptation. It's no, it's no benefit of it. 
devil's not going to tempt you with someone who's fat and ugly. You know what I'm saying? Is you know your drug of choice is not going to be something you know that you hate. Your alcohol of of choice is not going to be something that tastes like cough syrup. It's going to taste good to you. Courtney, is that anything you? This is a very 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 deep scripture. What do you think about that? That's so true. Just I mean everything. Um, well, of course it's true, but I mean it's something I can relate to because, um, like you said, like temptation, it it does come when. You know, it's something that's pleasing to you, and the devil, you know, he knows he knows us, and so he is going to tempt us with people that are just our, you know, our exact type, you know, just the same type of person um, that you know we would normally be attracted to. He'll send people and situations our way that will tempt us. But I think that you said a little a little while back, a little earlier, that. Um, you know, that desire leads to sin and sin to death. And so that's something that we have to, you know, be very mindful of um, when we're faced with temptation. And I think Cheryl said earlier as well that you have to really think about, okay, what is this decision going to do? Like how is this decision going to affect me instead of just jumping, you know, into it impulsively? You really do have to think about the consequences because there are are, you know, consequences, not even just short-term consequences, but for many long-term consequences. So you just have to be mindful of that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, you mentioned Cheryl. Cheryl, what what are your thoughts on that particular scripture as far as God being the one that's doing the tempting, when really that's not it at all? No, it just um, just reminds us that sin is a choice. It's our choice. Um, you know, um, yeah, I... I have heard people say that God is tempting me right now to do that. I'm like, no, you know, it's our own, and we all have it. It's our own um, uh, internal um, desires. Um, you know, I was thinking about like, you know, one situation. Like, I, I like looking at cases in the Bible. Um, you know, Joseph um, and Potiphar's wife. The story um, where his brothers. Um, Sold him into slavery. Here he is in a foreign land, and you know he's slave and works his way up, uh, kind of to the top where he's um, um, Potiphar's kind of right hand man, I guess you could say, and Potiphar's you know powerful man in the land. And his wife, um, which of course, if he's a powerful man, you know his wife is you know probably fine, I'm sure. Um, and he's tempting Joseph, saying you know come free with me, but he you know the Bible says. You know, he just says, you know, no, like he wouldn't even be with her or talk to her, or, or he just he just ran away, like he didn't even entertain it. And to me, that's an important part um, of the the fleeing aspect. Um, I think one of the other callers, the one from Boston, was saying, you know, how you can let people get into your ear, and then the next thing you know, you're sitting in their company, and um, and then it just goes down um, down this path, you know. Um, where you end up putting yourself into a situation, but sometimes if you can cut yourself, you know, cut it off early into the, I mean, even before it even gets started, you know, you can just save yourself a lot of heartache and, and grief. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's definitely a good point. I mean, I think that people, they really don't pay enough attention or take seriously enough, you know, the scripture that specifically says that, you know, we we will be given a way out you know, if we want it. And a lot of times the only reason we, we fall into sin is because it's something that we actually want to do. 
you know, and it's something that was birthed with, by our own desires, you know, our own desire, our own fleshly, you know, desire. And if you notice, you know, step by step, all these scriptures we're talking about really are all connected in their own way. You know, like everything is connected, you know, and, and that's why it's so important to study the word, you know, connect the dots, find similarities, and, and you know, you will be able to you'll have the knowledge, you'll have the tools, uh, you know, to to resist. And so it's uh, it's definitely good. Uh, what else? Let's go back to the phone lines, though. More calls, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad. See a call on the line from the 954 area code. Welcome to the Data on Tolbert Show. 954, you there? Okay, no 954. Give us a call back if you have a question or comment. Uh, maybe they just wanted to listen in. But um, back to the word, though. Uh, over in... Um, where does this next one say this? Uh, over in Matthew uh, 5.28, in fact. And we're still talking right now about temptation, you know, and how, you know, how it originates, the best ways to fight it off. And Matthew 5.28 says, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery in his heart. And we mentioned that, we referenced that earlier in the show, at the beginning of the show, uh, when we talked about the the you know being a fr- an enemy of God and being a friend of the world and you know all of those things and how it's you know lusting is really the same as committing adultery and that that's confirmed right here. If you have a lustful spirit, a lustful intent, it says you've already committed adultery with that woman in his heart. You know so and that, obviously clearly that goes both ways. You know, ladies, you don't want to be lusting after men. You don't want to be lusting. After uh, women, fellas, like, yo, damn, she got a fat, you know what I'm saying? Like, you want to chill with that. You know, and I get it. I've been there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's you know, as men, you know, we we are physical beings, you know, visual creatures. You see someone walking around, and the devil will know that. Like, he knows what you find to be sexy. You know, I've I've personally been chilling. I've been like out and about, relaxing, just having a nice day. Walking, I could be walking my dog, you know, and then boom, out of nowhere, comes somebody with like, you know, who who is visually pleasing to me is like blatant. Like, well, okay, all right, thanks, devil. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see what you're trying to do, and it's all a setup. You understand it? And he will do that, but it's that's why you really have to be vigilant, you know, and you got to watch. And you got to continue to pray, as the word says to do. You know, according, you ever been the the uh, the recipient of attacks from the enemy just in regards to lust, and you know, the enemy creating situations from scratch that he knows will hopefully have a uh, a negative effect on you. Yeah, definitely. Um, I've been in those situations where. Like you said, like you're just chilling, not even really paying attention to anything. You're just, you know, living your life. And then, you know, out comes someone that's like your exact type. I mean, that could be someone I met in school or like someone I worked with. But it was those types of situations um, that were set up to just bring me, you know, back to that state, you know, that I was in, like the state of sin and, and fornication. And just to get even deeper, I think a, a lot of it um, has to do with, you know, just the commitment I've made, you know,
know, in regards to, you know, celibacy. And so, you know, he'll try to attack me even more just because, you know, I've made this commitment for six years and really just uh, given myself my all to, to God. And so the devil knows that. So, you know, he'll try to create an engineer situation just because of that. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, and again, guys, it's all with, you know, with the purpose of destroying you. You know, keep in mind that the devil does roam around like a lion, you know, looking for people to devour. You know, just imagine that. Just imagine if, like, a lion was roaming around the city, you know, literally just walking extra slow. You know how lions be walking extra slow? Just looking for people just to eat, you know, like on the street. That's basically what the enemy does. He just he has nothing better to do. In fact, that's his sole purpose in life is to try to devour people or destroy people or really just keep them from achieving you know, what it is that God has for them. So you really just have to keep that in mind and, and know what it is. You know, he's going to take what you find sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, we've got to be honest about it. It's like, you know, do you find him sexy? Well, then you should expect to run into someone like that at work. You know, I mean, your ex, whatever he brought to the table at that point that you enjoyed, then you should expect him to be trying to call you or text you. You say, well, yeah, I just got to, all of a sudden I started counseling with Daydon. I, I found this new show called the Daydon Tolbert Show, and then, bam, my I, I get a phone call from my ex, a text. Well, yeah, you know, it's not a coincidence. That's the whole purpose of it, you know, is to stop you from moving forward. You understand that, guys? So that's pretty much how that goes, you know, and, and I suspect that there's really no one who cannot, uh, re- who cannot relate to that on some level. What else does the word say? What else does the word say about temptation? Well, over in James uh, 4-7, says to submit yourselves, therefore, to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Now, that's similar to the first one that we started out with. You know, submit yourselves to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee. The good thing is about it is if you... If the devil sees you him having some success with tempting you, well, then he's going to keep going back to what's working. But if you are being tempted by the enemy, you know, and you don't succumb to the temptation, you don't fall into sin, then you should expect that, you know, what the word says right there, it says if you resist him, he will flee. But if you give him some sex, you know, if you if you go to the club and you get drunk, well, the temptation will keep coming back. Right, Courtney? Right. That's exactly what happens. That's how it goes. But it's it's, it's this is mm-hmm. this is empowering though, because like you know what it is. Like all you have to do is is resist him. You know, and you'll be straight. So that's pretty much how that goes. Uh with that. Matter of fact, Courtney, uh, uh not Courtney, uh Cheryl, what are your what are your thoughts on on, on that. Are you still with us, Cheryl? I think we might have lost Cheryl for a second. Give us a call back, Cheryl, if you have uh, more questions or comments or, you know, <clears throat> uh, feedback. But um, let's keep it, let's stay in the word real quick. Let's let's keep it, keep it moving, man. Like I said, I love, these are my favorite types of shows. We've done, you know, well over a thousand shows, and I'm just excited about you know, I get the most excited about these types of shows where we can really examine the word and, um, and you know, just really hear from God and hear what he has to say about situations that 
are the most exciting. I mean, let's be honest. Everyone likes scandal. Everyone likes love and hip-hop just because of the sexual aspect of it. I mean, think about it. I mean, let's just be honest. I mean, you know, if there was no sex, you know, in half these shows, nobody would watch. Why? Because we as a people basically are freaks. You know, and it's okay to be honest about that. I mean, we are. We, we, the Bible confirms that. The flesh is weak. If the flesh is weak, that means you like to wild out sexually, right? I mean, you know, it's all, it all is what it is. But that's why certain shows are popular. That's why certain songs are popular. Certain dances are popular because they put you into a, a sexual nature where we are all most comfortable. You know, we're not most comfortable in church. These shows aren't what's most comfortable to do. Sex is what feels good. It's what the flesh wants what it wants. But when you resist it, that's where the blessings come. That's why I said blessed is the man who remains steadfast when they are being tempted under trial. Okay? It says, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life. I don't know about you guys, but I want the crown of life. That's what is promised to us when we remain steadfast. So it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be comfortable, but it will be, you know, rewarding. Uh, what else we got here? This is good stuff right here. Uh, another good one. Um, <clears throat> everybody knows this one. This is an all-time classic one right here. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13. You know, I mean, that's that's probably one of the most empowering scriptures out there just because it tells you straight up that you can, you know, it is possible to resist the temptation. You know, you, you, you don't have to be weak. Even though the flesh is weak, it's still strong enough through Christ to resist the, the temptation of the devil. You know, it says that, you know, the, the enemy will come, but, you know, there will always be a way out, a way to avoid falling into sin. And this is how you do it. You have the strength. We haven't been given a spirit of, of weakness or fear, but of self-control. And here it says right here, you can do everything through Christ who strengthens you. Isn't that just a, a redeeming scripture, an empowering scripture, Courtney? It is. I say it, I say it every day. I meditate on it. It's very, it's very good. Absolutely. And everybody, I would encourage everybody to, to do that. You know, do affirmations. Everyone that I counsel, I advise them to just, you know, start your day off with positive messages, reflecting on positive scripture, you know, pretty much just getting in the word and telling your things great things about yourself and uh you know and about about God you know and that's that's how you ensure that every day is a great day. See, I don't have bad days. You know, certain things may not happen that you know I want to happen or bad things may happen in the midst of that day, but one of the things that the word says that we are to uh you know pray continually. You know what I'm saying? And uh and to really uh in fact it says right here in 1 Thessalonians 516 it says right here it says to be joyful always it says to pray continually give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus so I think when you look at it from that perspective and this is just kind of on a different different note but still very much so applicable when you're joyful always when you're always praying when you're always giving thanks you know to the blessings that God has given you at what point do you have time to watch porn at what point do you have to be sexting 
You guys heard our show last week on that. It was a very highly rated show, I suspect, because many people have at one point sexted. You know, at what point do you have to do that, you know, if you are being joyful always, if you're praying continually, if you're giving thanks? If you're giving thanks always, you can't be in a depressed state of mind. And when you're in that depressed state of mind is when the devil creeps up in, you know, creeps up into your spirit. You know, and, and gives you and pulls out those hidden sexual desires. See, like I said, all this stuff is connected. You know what I mean? It's all connected. If you're not being joyful, if you're not praying, then that's when you're lusting. And that's when you, you know, with lust comes temptation. And with temptation comes sin. And with sin, we all know, comes death. So it's all, you know, it's all part of the, the process. That's why it says to... Resist temptation and, and and the devil will flee And you won't even have to worry about all that stuff Now here's the last thing that I want to say About temptation Then we can get into the You know the, the scary stuff You know as far as punishment goes But it says here that For because he himself Has suffered when tempted He is able to help those Who are being tempted You know and that's in Hebrews 2.18 and that's a great scripture because it's um you know it's honest it's real I mean Christ himself had to endure temptation you know he wasn't he was without sin which is amazing you know he's the only person who's who was without sin who walked walked the face of the earth but it did not say that he was without temptation it says that so because he was tempted you know in fact not wow this is even deeper than I thought it was. Because that's not actually what it says. It says, for because he himself has suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. It doesn't just say he was just tempted. But, see, a lot of you guys can relate to it. I know I can. Is that temptation is not pleasant. There's often a, a spiritual wrestling match that, that ensues after temptation. And that that's, you suffer through that. You know, it's not pleasant. You, you know what I'm saying? So Christ, it wasn't a walk in the park for him, so it's certainly not going to be a walk in the park for us when we're being tempted. It says because he suffered when tempted, he's able to help those who are being tempted. Which, But that means, though, that you actually have to submit yourselves to God like it says over in James. You know what I'm saying? He can't help you unless you submit yourself to him. This is amazing stuff right here. But the great news is that once you do submit yourself to God, you resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Then right there, that says, well, then God, at that point, and only at that point, is when he can help you through the temptation. Isn't this amazing stuff, Courtney? I mean, what could be better than talking about the word of God, you know, in regards to sex? Right. I mean, this is awesome. And what it just made me think about, just like you said, like, and that's something I can relate to, just, you know, being tempted but submitting myself to God because, I you know, I realized that, you know, I couldn't do, I couldn't fight it on my own. And so, you know, I, I submitted myself um, to him. And it's amazing when we do that and, you know, we take our hands off the situation and let God, you know, place his hands on it. And once we do that, you know, the devil does flee and when he does, it's like you feel it. It almost feels like a burden has just been lifted, and you don't even feel that temptation or, you know, those lustful thoughts, all of that stuff. It disappears literally simply 
because you, you know, practice submission. Right. I'm telling you all right now, this is deep stuff, and we will see some psychos pop up in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert show over the next couple of days. I promise you that. It's never failed, and it will not. Con- it will continue to not fail. There are always psychos who pop up. The devil sends different people when we do shows like this, you know, that are that are you know freeing people from bondage and giving people empowerment in regards to this stuff and and really taking the guesswork out of it and really helping people live you know more sanctified lives. Devil doesn't like that, so he tries to send dissension into the only you know place really anywhere where people are passionate about posting scriptures and talking about things from a spiritual standpoint, but also in a real standpoint in regards to dating and relationships and politics and just everything. It's just a great place, but it's not perfect, and the, the enemy tries to, um, tries to you know, cause problems, in the, specifically right after classic shows like this. I just wanted to make you guys, I mean, Courtney, am I lying? Has that happened? not happened like every single time we do a show like this? It never fails. It's like they come out like roaches. It's crazy. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I've noticed that. Absolutely. Cheryl, we got you back. What's going on? What are your thoughts on all this? Oh, yeah, they do come out like roaches. Um, You know, I like that Hebrew scripture. Remind me of another one. This is like one of my – I have – I guess you'll hear me say this a lot, one of my favorite scriptures, but I have another one. It's Hebrews 4 and 14 um, through 16 where he says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. The high priest of ours stands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us um, when we need it most. Um, I don't know. I, I love that last that last verse. It's like knowing that um, Jesus can um, relate and, and understand, and we can come boldly to him. Like we don't have to, I mean, he knows us inside and out, knows us better than we um, know ourselves, but it's just nice to know we can, you know, come and just be real before him and say, look, you know, this is what I'm struggling with. Help me, please. And, you know, he understands that. And so um, this is why this is one of my favorite scriptures. Absolutely. Absolutely. One of my favorite as well. You know, thank you. Thank you for sharing. I just had one question for you. I mean, now, are you, you said that they, they come out. I was going to go back for a second. You said they come out like roaches. Are you saying you can relate? You have roaches, Cheryl? Is that what <laughs> you, like when Whatever. you turn on your lights, you think the roaches now come out. Now you trying to play me like you're playing Courtney. <laughs> I got, I'm just asking, you know. But no, I appreciate. No, you, I Cheryl, do not like, have any roaches. No roaches come out of the woodwork when you turn on those lights. You'd be no. like, whoa, what the heck is that <laughs> running across the floor? <laughs> right. Courtney, what you hold up, Courtney? What you laughing at? You when you turn on the lights, mice run out the apartment. So don't laugh at Cheryl. At the mice oh, running around. Oh, really? Running on well, your, your well, nice you know, branded countertop. Well, no, not now, but, <laughs> you know, back in the day when I was little, I've seen I've seen them from time to time. But don't try to play me on this show. <laughs> I got, you know I got to mess with y'all, man. I got to mess with Cheryl and Courtney. You guys are all like my little sisters out there. So shout out to you guys who have the roaches and the, uh, and the mice. No, I'm just messing with y'all. No, this is good stuff, though. You know what I'm saying? This is definitely good stuff. But, you know, a little bit of humor because we're about to get into some, you know, some some uncomfortable. Because, you know, it's, 
it's you know we can talk about it from a general perspective. We can talk about it from temptation and you know how God helps us with temptation and you know. But unfortunately, we don't always listen to what the word says. You know, people often hear the word and understand the word, but choose to ignore the word. And with anything, there will be consequences. So I, I want to go backwards a little bit to talk about testament a little bit. And we all we often do this. Like we spend a lot of time here on the show in Ezekiel twenty three in regards to how God viewed hoish behavior and things like that. Um, I want to talk a little bit from from several different books of the of the Bible, just in regards to how God punished two things: how He punished people because of sexual immorality, but also how he will punish people, you know, as a result of sexual immorality after death, you understand, on judgment day, you know, or on your judgment day, not necessarily when Jesus Christ comes back. But it's always important to understand that today could be judgment day for you. We're not all promised to wake up tomorrow. You know, I mean, that's just being honest. You know, I mean, people are... Are, are dying younger, you know, for whatever reason. I mean, people, you know, dying at 30 years old, strokes, heart attacks, you know, or murder or, you know, whatever it is, you, we never know when our time is. And there's a great scripture about that that I want to look up where, where God said, um, I'm going to paraphrase it, but, they, you know, Jesus was talking to uh, some people and he was, um, they were asking him questions. He was like, look, my time isn't here yet. Well, your time could be whenever You know what I'm saying Your time could be at any point So you know basically you might want to chill It was like the overall gist of what he was saying He's like don't worry about me And what I have going on You know what I'm saying Your your time could be right now And that's the same thing that we all and I'll, I'll post that scripture That's one of my favorite ones actually Posted it last week in fact But um, yeah it's it's, uh, it's deep stuff uh, Let's uh, let, But let's get into it Revelations Oh man, don't get me started on Revelation. Revelation 21:8 says, "But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, the liars, for their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death." Now, that, now, that's some scary stuff right now. You guys think Stephen King writes some, some scary stuff? No, that is scary right now because what he just did is described everyone. He described everyone from, I mean, everyone, from entertainers to politicians to the freaks at the club, you know, to musicians to, you know, people at the workplace, the liars. I mean, pretty much, I mean, you know, Obama, you know, lie. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know what I mean, that can be uh, attributed to, you know, to this, this scripture. The cowardly. How many people on my Facebook friends list are afraid to admit that, to even admit that they're listening into tonight's show just because of they're afraid of what their other Facebook friends would think? They're afraid to post these scriptures that are life-changing and life-altering scriptures but are afraid to post it because their friends are not saved and they want to continue being friends of the world. This right here says that the cowards of the world, 
Their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. You can die, but, you know, when you go to hell, that's that's the real death right there is basically what it's saying. It's, that's when the, the party really starts, you know. It, it's, I mean, it's, it's deep stuff. It's, it, this is how it goes. But the cowardly, I mean, that's, and I think a lot of people, they, they, you know, I'm not sure what they think of the word cowards, but they don't think of it usually in regards to being afraid to post a scripture or being afraid to express their love for Jesus Christ. But really, that's what it's about. You know, there are a lot of men out here who, you know, aren't cowards. They're not punks. They're not scared of other men or, you know, aren't going to allow themselves to be bullied. But that stuff doesn't matter. I posted on my page the other week, or last week, in fact, real men love Jesus Christ, but not just love Jesus Christ, but real men are not afraid to profess their love for Jesus Christ publicly. You know, real men are not cowards. You understand that? And and if you're if you claim to be, oh yeah, I'm a real man or I'm this and that, but you're afraid to, to tell people that you're a Christian, you're afraid to stand up for Christ, you know, well I mean you're a coward. You're a coward if you claim to be a Christian but support homosexuality. That's cowardly because it's like a, it's an oxymoron, you know. And it says right here what happens to cowards in the from a biblical standpoint. And we got to get serious. We really got to look at this stuff. Courtney, any thoughts on that? Where you at? Because I used to be a coward. You understand that? Mm-hmm. I personally used to be a coward. I used to be afraid to do shows like this. I used to be afraid to post certain things on my page as a result of what or basically in fear of what other people would think about me. I used to be a coward, and there are many cowards still among us. But the good news is I'm not a coward anymore. You understand that? What, what, have you ever been a coward? Yes. Everything you just said was things that I could relate to. Um, I was scared to post um, scriptures at one point in time um, before I became the co-host of this show. And I was just a listener. I wouldn't tell anybody I was listening to the show, even though it could be a blessing, you know, to them. I still wanted to listen to the show and then still have my friends I could club with and just hang out with them and relate to them. And so, yeah, I could relate to that. Confront some people publicly right now who are even amongst us. You know, they're about, you know, 3,000 and some change people in the Friends of the Data on Tolbert show. But imagine if... 3,000 people added just 100 of their own Facebook friends to a Christian group, probably one of the only true Christian groups on all of Facebook. Imagine if all of those people, forget even all of those people, imagine if what if just the people who participated and posted regularly actually added their friends. Because you know you can do that. And I'm not, you know, if you do it, I'm not saying do it because I want... I'm cool with where we are. I'm just saying, what if we all did that? You know, the the group would immediately double or even triple or quadruple. But the reason why that doesn't happen is because people, I mean, people can leave a group. You know, I'm sure we've all been added to Facebook groups, you know, against our will. And then if we don't want to be there, we just, you know, delete ourselves out the group or you know, turn off the notifications or whatever. I mean, it is, it's, you know, it's annoying, but it's not the end of the world. So don't don't act like that's why you haven't done it because you don't want to offend people. It's really because you don't want to proclaim your love for Christ publicly. And it's, you know, I'm just 
saying I can relate. I'm not knocking anybody. I'm not judging anybody. I just get it because that used to be me a couple years ago. But I'm just saying, you know, like you said, Courtney, how many people would benefit just from tonight's show? I mean, forget listening seven nights a week. You know, the fact that we're the only show in the world that airs seven nights a week that does what we do. I mean, aside from that, just, just a show like this, imagine how many people would benefit. So we have to confront the cowards. You know, and if you're not a coward, you know, or you, you feel convicted by what I'm saying, prove me wrong. Don't be a coward. Share the word. It's not just about the show or the group or anything. I mean, but just whatever it is, post some scriptures. You know, if you can post, you know, about scandal, then I'm sure, I mean, surely you could post John 3.16. You know what I mean? I mean, something just to be a blessing to God, just to show that you're not a coward. So. It's just something to think about, but that's not it. It says the faithless. I'm going to spend some time here. The faithless. A lot of people, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I love God. Like, okay, cool, but I have a fear of being alone. But I'm going to still deal with my ex because I have no confidence that God will bless me with someone else or someone better, you know, or the man or woman that God has for me. So I'm just going to kind of entertain this situation because there's no one else on the horizon. Well, there's no faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please him. If you're not pleasing him, then you're an enemy to him. And if you're an enemy to him, well, then your portion will be in the lake of fire that burns, you know what I'm saying, with sulfur. And that will be the second death. You'll spend. Your, and the unfortunate part about that is that people who are actually good people but don't have faith, are actually lumped into the same group with the sexually immoral, with the sorcerers, the idolaters, the liars, you know, and the psychos. That's crazy to think that some people out there who who are Christians are being viewed in the same exact manner as Kanye West, who calls himself Jesus, or Jay-Z, who calls himself Jehovah. The most blasphemous people in the history of the world are are the same, are being viewed as the same by God, as people who have no faith. So then I ask you guys, you know, to question yourselves as to where is your level of faith? That's a pretty important question when you look at it from that context. Wouldn't you say, Cheryl? Absolutely. I don't think I've ever um, noticed that. Wow, that the faithless are lumped in together with the um, other group of people. Yeah, that's pretty pretty deep. Um you know, but I mean, I, I'm sure it's something everyone, hopefully, I mean, I would think to relate to. I can relate to um, my level of faith not needing, not being where it should be um, as well um, in the past. So, yeah, wow. Yeah, this I told you I I tried to make some jokes earlier because we're about to get serious. We're about to like really, you know, make some people uncomfortable. That was the calm before the storm. We haven't even talked about anything really yet. We're really about to get get crazy, you know. But Courtney, I mean, you you know a, a yourself as well. Your faith has been tested. My faith has been tested in the past, you know. How do you feel to know that having no faith is the same as being a murderer? Yes, that just shows that. I mean, God is serious. We have to we have to get ourselves together because it's all about having faith in Him and. When we don't, I mean, you see what happens. Like, God is not pleased with that. He has all of these blessings for us, 
but a lot of times we don't receive them just because simply because we don't believe. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. It's definitely unfortunate. Jesus wept. You know, the reason why Jesus wept is because the people had no faith. You know, they doubted him. That both saddened God and it angered him. You understand that? So, I mean, it's kind of, you don't want to make God cry and you don't want to make him, you surely don't want to make him mad. You understand that? So, think about this. So, so there's the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable. Those are basically just the bastards of the world. You know, like the, the scumbags. You know, you're just detestable. You know, the the pedophiles, the... I mean, we could just... I was uh, reading online, you know, somebody was, was watching porn, a truck driver was watching porn, and resulted in him crashing, you know, and, and killing somebody. I mean, that's that's just detestable. You know, watching cell phone porn, and you know, crashed into somebody. You know what I'm saying? It's just... Those people obviously will inherit the, uh, you know, will not inherit the kingdom of God and will burn in the lake of fire and sulfur. Obviously, murderers... The sexually immoral, the hoes, the pimps, the freaks, the strippers, you know, the the people who allow trains to be ran on. I mean, this is who this refers to, like the people who are into the whips and chains, the, you know. Um, you, you guys know what the sexually immoral means. but I, and It's easy to call it that, but nobody really likes to call the Friday night freaks the sexually sexually immoral, you know, the, the, the people who allow themselves to be a friend with benefits. You know, I'll just give him a little head. You know, I'll just do this. It's not how we can just grind. Well, that, that's all sexual immor- immorality. You know, um, which is in today's society, it's real. Believe it. You know, I had this young woman back in the day who would say that. You know, well, I, I'm a Christian, and we don't. I don't. I can't have sex. I'm not. I can't. I want to fornicate. You know. Oh, but we can grind, or we can. I'm like, what the heck? Are you psycho? You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. You know, but that's that's if some people they they think that there are levels to sexual immorality when in reality it's not any any type of sex or sexual act is sexually immoral if it's done outside of marriage. That's just what it is. So there's that. Obviously, sorcerers. You know, I think a lot of people they don't really know, they hear that, but I don't. I really don't think a lot of people understand what sorcery is. You know, that's like witchcraft and voodoo and astrology. Like, what? Astrology? You see, you're telling me I can't read my horoscope? Yeah, it's the same thing. You know, psychic, psychic readings. You know, those. that's all sorcery. It's it's operating under a spirit that is not of God. Those That's, that's like idolatry and sorcery and witchcraft. These things are not... You know, of God, clearly You know, with the Ouija boards And stupid crap like that All these shows, are, you know, Medium And, you know, it's all I see all this stuff from a very clear perspective now You know, the world as we know is run by Satanists and, 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 and Witchcraft and, and Magic and all that stuff Oh yeah, let's go to this magic show, like what? Let's go get our palms read Tarot cards, it's all sorcery All this stuff that society you know, you know, markets and and really, you know, puts up on a pedestal and 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 uh, shoves down our throats. It's it's what the word is speaking about in regards to sexual sexual immorality, sorcery, idolatry. It's all in the same boat. You ever been into that stuff, Courtney? Uh, uh, horoscopes and all that crap. 
I was big on astrology at one point. I had bought um, astrology books. Um, like, I was really deep into it. Like, I would go online and uh, let's say it was a guy I was interested in, I would find out, you know, what his sign was, zodiac sign, and I would go online and, like, research to see how sexually compatible our signs would be. Like, I was very deep into it um, at one point. Yeah, and I think that people, they fall for the okey-doke. They fall for the okey-doke because a lot of the stuff that they find out through astrology turns out to be applicable, you know, in their life. I mean, and it is. You know, like I'm a Sagittarius, and if you research, like, okay, what, you know, do Sagittarius's, you know, act like or what personality traits, that pretty much fits me to a T, you know, because, I mean, I don't know, but, but listen, just because it's true, it doesn't mean that you should follow it because it's it's witchcraft, it's sorcery. You know what I'm saying? Like, all this stuff is not... Like psychics, even there's a lot of truth to psychics. Like you could go to a psychic and get your, you know, your palm read or whatever, and they can tell you your future, or they can probably tell you certain things about your past. It's not fake, you know. Some of it is, but there are psychics do speak truth. However, it is not of God. So clearly, if it's not of God, then really it isn't truth. But you see what I'm saying here? Like a magic, a magician. I'm sure they, they, they're, they're doing some stuff that might amaze you, but it's not of God. It's op, they're operating under a different spirit. So it's not for us to, to feed into, is what I'm saying. Because people who feed into those things, anything that's not of God, well, their portion will be waiting for them in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur. You know, I learned about sulfur in, in chemistry class back in the day. And sulfur is very, very hot and toxic. Understand that? That's why the Bible says it's the second death. So I just want to focus a little bit on Revelations, um, just because it's it's important. You know, it speaks about the end of the world, obviously, the last book. So um, definitely you may want to read that. You know, check it out. Uh, let's keep it moving, though. And, you know, the phone lines are still open. If you guys have questions, comments, feedback, or anything, this is this is interesting stuff, man. A lot of people thought we were just going to be talking about sex, but we're talking about what God feels about sex. You know what I'm saying? How he feels, how he punished punish people back in the day and will continue to punish going forward. Um, Galatians. Galatians five nineteen through 21. It says that, uh, now this is a very similar scripture, actually, interestingly enough. But now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these, I warn you, as I have warned you before. That those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Wow, man, that that is one of the the realest scriptures ever. I mean, just because I think we ended up, we even talked about this maybe a few weeks ago um, about how um, it's not just sex, you know, it's not just sorcery, but it's some of the things that like a lot of people hear certain things. Oh, that's not me. I don't do horoscopes. I don't. I'm not a murderer. I'm I'm good. You know, I'm not sexually immoral, but 
Are you envious? You know, do you have a rivalry with someone? Do you have anger management issues? Are you jealous of your girlfriend and her marriage? Do you lust after her husband, her boyfriend? You know, do you have strife towards a family member? Sensuality, you know what I mean? You got impurity. You know, it says here, it's clear. It says the works of the flesh are evident. You know, it's it's clear. It's no denying what things are of the flesh and what things are, are, are of God. You know, all of these things, dissensions, you know, do you have anything that's separating you from someone, a family, friend, that you don't speak to, you don't mess with her anymore? You know, do you want to fight someone? Well, it says here that, you know, I mean, <laughs> drunkenness, you know, I've seen some of your photo albums, you know, there's some drunken pictures in there. That you guys leave up there. I mean, orgies. Guys ever been to college? There are a lot of orgies in college, guys. I mean, there are orgies all over, but I'm just saying, you know, specifically in college, there's a lot of wilding out going on. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of sex. But and it's 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 these things. But it says it's also things like these. That is, you know, it's one of those things that's all inclusive. You know, this list is not limited to these things, but things like these, I warn you, as I have warned you many times before, because just like this scripture is very similar to Revelations 21.8. They're very similar. That's why it says, I warn you, as I've warned you many times before, those who do any of these things, whether it's not having faith, whether it's killing someone, whether it's being jealous or envious or drunk or having orgies or letting someone run a train on you, being a stripper, and things like these, I warn you, will cause you to go to hell. But let Dadon Tolbert post on his page, you're going to hell based on a Oh, you're judging. What do you mean? I'm just saying what the word says. It just it says right here, you will not inherit the kingdom of God if you do these things. If you're a psycho, you will go to hell. Because if you're a psycho, these are things that you you are, you know, doing. You're jealous, you're envious, you're causing problems, the you know, dissent, division, dissension, rivalries, anger, strife. See, these these are things. So you guys get it. Courtney, have you ever looked at all of these things in that way? That like, wow, I'm jealous or I'm envious. These are things that could send me to hell. No, I hadn't looked at it in that way before. You know, I was just thinking of, you know, in the past, just thinking of the most extreme cases. You know, meaning you know, being a murderer or, um, you know, homosexuality or something like that, but. You know, it's also everyday things that a lot of us can relate to, like you said, envying, envying, and um, you know, strife and the the drunkenness. You know, that was something that I really struggled with at one point as well. And I can honestly say, I didn't think of those consequences. I didn't think of it in that manner. Yeah, it's, it's I mean, you know, and I've been drunk too. You know, I mean, these been. I've, shoot, I've, I'm surprised I'm still here to be honest with you. Drunk drove home. You know what I'm saying? Woke up like, whoa, what the heck? How did I get here? Like, you know what I'm saying? You guys know how it is, having to, like, concentrate on the highway just so you don't bang out on the side of the road, kill somebody. I thank God right now just for not have, uh, 
being dead in a ditch somewhere at 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, coming back from someplace I had no place being. You know what I'm saying? So, and I mean, just that alone, I mean, there are tons of testimonies that I have, but just just that, you know what I'm saying? Like, just picking, like, let's just say that one, you know, could have been something that could have taken me out. And, you know, and I think that everyone has, we all have many testimonies, but just think of, like, just one that really could have resulted in you being dead. And if you think about it, to be honest with you, and it's really a kind of a sad thought when you think about other people, but, you know, if you really look at the word, you know, from a biblical standpoint, if you die not knowing God and in the midst of these very things, like let's say you bang out on the side of the road from being drunk and you really don't know God or not on good terms with God, well, then this scripture in Galatians 5.19 would suggest that you're going to hell. And I'm sure that people don't want to think that, but, you know, you may want to think twice about the lifestyle you live, the, the, the things that you do, because if you die doing those things or as a result of those things, clearly it says right here, you will not inherit the kingdom of God, which obviously means you, you, you go to hell. Cheryl, that's, that's pretty uh, deep. Have you ever looked at it from that perspective? I have. It's only been just in the last, you know, couple of years, actually, where, you know, every time we go to a, I feel like every time we, you know, we go to a funeral, we say, well, so-and-so is in a better place or, you know, they're at peace now or whatever. But then when I really start, you know, start getting to the words, like, you know, I don't know if that's always true. I mean, you know, we say that probably, you know, make the family feel better and make ourselves feel better. And, um, you know, it's really, if you really think about it, you know, um, you know, they know the Lord. It's like, no, you know, um, that's not true. And so that has made me more passionate about um, just that realization itself made me more passionate about spreading the gospel. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's uh, absolutely sure. It's, it's deep. You know, we, we have to, as a uh, as a people, you know, really, and I'm not saying to judge people because at the end of it, that's why, you know, I, I had the views that I did that I expressed on our show on, on Preachers of L.A., you know what I'm saying? Because I'm not, you know what I'm saying, I don't know and we don't know anyone's true relationship with God. We can only base off of what we see, but from appearances, a lot of times it appears that people will be, you know, who perish, unfortunately, most likely will not be in a better place, as as they say, but you know, will instead be spending some time in, in, in the uh, the lake of fire, in fact, so, which is unfortunate. So I just say pray for people, you know what I mean? Really pray for people. Let's go back to the phone line, though. I see a call on the line from the uh, 251 area code. Welcome to the Day Don Tolbert Show. Um, hi, everyone. Yeah, I'm enjoying the show tonight, and um, speaking as, as a minister, those scriptures that you uh, call out, they can be a bit overwhelming, to people when you read them, you know, and sometimes they'll get so overwhelmed, they're like, well, nobody can be saved, you know, oh my God, I, you know, it's so overwhelming, but uh, but the fact of the matter is, um, it, it just really gives you a clearer picture to see just how um, the word, let's see, precarious your position really is. I mean, most people go out their entire lives thinking, well, you like to say I'm not a murderer. I don't go out and do these things and that thing. But you're, the, the state that you're in, without having the Spirit of God and having him over your life, 
you're, the state that you're in, you might not be a murderer. You might not, might not be out there lying on people or, or sleeping around. But the state that you're in is still, if you die in that state without the Lord, you still will um, have to suffer a hell that was never made for you. You know, so instead of getting overwhelmed and scared when you hear these scriptures, just understand that all have sinned and come short of God's glory. These are the warnings, and that just shows you just how loving God is. These are the warnings that he gives us to let us know that the positions that we're in, none of us are, are worthy. Not all of us have sinned. So we need to just get it right with him because none of us need to go to a devil's hell. Hell was not made for his creation, but because sin can't inherit the uh, the kingdom, sin can't come into the kingdom. If sin is in you, you can't go in. It's not that God wants to put you in hell. That was just the choice you made by not choosing him, you know, because that soul's got to go somewhere, and it's not going to go to heaven. And God does He says it's not his will to any should perish, you know, and uh, I'm going to hurry up and get on off here. But when uh, Jesus was teaching these things to the people, and they were so overwhelming. So many of the people just walked away. They turned away. So many turned away until Jesus turned to his disciples and said, are you going to go? And Peter had said to him, where, where are we going to go? You the one half life. They're, after hearing what you are, there's nothing out there. And that is, um, that's why I'm so glad about this show because it's, I mean, this show tonight because it's just ordinary people talking. It's not a bunch of preachers. It's not a bunch of teachers and all that good stuff that you normally would hear from them. Regular, ordinary people saying to regular, ordinary people, you've got to get it together before the time is up. So I thank you so much for this show, and I just really say God bless you and Courtney and your other guests on tonight. I just really want to just put God's blessings on you and just keep doing what you're doing, Dayon. Stay down. Thank, thank you so much. God bless you too, and, and thank you for listening. And thank you all for listening because you're right. I mean, <clears throat> I, you know, I, I, I really I'm not into the whole labels or titles. I mean, I'm nobody. I'm just a regular person. You know what I mean? We're just regular people. We're all in the same boat trying to get to the same place talking about ordinary issues that we can all relate to and how to best overcome them, you know. And the reality is when you look at it from that perspective, you know, with a, a spirit of humility, you know, that is when we can really get God's true blessings. Because the reality is, is uh, like she said, hell is not meant for believers. It's a, it's a place that we actually are saved from. And for the longest time I never really realized what that meant, you know, you say, oh, are you saved, or I'm saved, this, saved, that, like, what did that even mean? It just was kind of, it had become cliche, or really, it was never cliche, but it was cliche to me, <clears throat> but now that I understand the meaning of it, it's like, wow, we are saved from hell, we are sa- saved from eternal damnation, we are saved from, you know, dying a, a fiery death over and over again, in fact, you know, for eternity, so, these are things that we should definitely be thankful for because when you really understand, that's why I like spending time in the Old Testament because it really does tell you why you should fear God and why you should love God and respect God and respect God's word and take it seriously because it's not anything to play around with, you know, seriously. And a lot of people don't read. They Most people, a lot of times, they only want to read the New Testament where you don't have to worry about hearing how people you know, we're punished, and we haven't even gotten to the, you know, the really bad punishments, which we will in, a, you know, a few minutes. But yeah, this is. Uh, I wanted to spend some time in Galatians because it's definitely a real scripture that really shows a lot of everything that we see around out here. You know, from politicians even, and, and the government, corruption, 
It talks about the detestable. You know what I'm saying? People who are corrupted and, you know, people who are liars. You know, people who spread false truth, false prophets, things like that. None of those people will inherit the kingdom of God. You know, homosexuality, you know, which is very, uh, you know, rampant. You know, I think we all know what the word says about man not lying with man as he lies with, you know, with, with woman. You know, in fact, right here over in uh, uh, First Timothy, well, first of all, here's uh, in Leviticus, everyone, that's the one I'm referring to, 18.22, says you shall not lie with a, a male as with a woman. It's an abomination. But here's the other thing. See, this is about to blow your minds real quick. Over in First Timothy 1.10 says, well, the sexually immoral men, and it, comma, so we're talking, but it's, see, it's not or, it's a comma, meaning everything I'm about to say is all lumped in to one category. This is so important here because some people, for whatever reason, whether it's the media, Obama, I don't know what's going on, but people try to separate homosexuals from the sexually immoral, and they're not separated. It's not a period or a totally different paragraph. It's just a comma separating these things. In 1 Timothy it says, the sexually immoral and then men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, Liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Okay? They're all lumped together. Homosexuals, sexually immoral, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else. It says here's, it's, it's all contrary to sound doctrine, and, and, which basically means it's senseless, it's pointless, it's stupid. You know, it doesn't make sense. It's contrary to sound doctrine. All right, guys, and don't let the media, don't let this homosexual push cause you guys to think that it's okay, cause you to think that it's not sexually immoral, that it's not the same exact thing as being a slave master, as being a liar or a perjurer. It's all the same in God's eyes as proven here in First Timothy one uh, ten. How deep is that, Courtney? It is so deep. It really is. I'm really enjoying, you know, going through these scriptures. I really am. It's deep stuff. I know Cheryl has a comment. Cheryl, what's going on? What are your thoughts? No, I agree. I wanted to um, just piggyback off of that because, um, you know, a lot of times we do think of things being an abomination. Our first thing pops to mind is homosexuality, but um, I want to read Proverbs six sixteen to 19, which just says, These six things the Lord hates, yet seven are an abomination to him, a proud look, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, Feet that are swift in running to evil, a false witness who speaks lies, and one who sows discord among brethren. So those are things, seven things, you know, that's not, most of those are not things that, you know, pop up in my mind when I think of things being, you know, an abomination to um, um, God, um, you know. So I, I don't know, I just. 
It just makes you, I mean, it's just convicting. It makes you, you know, want to examine yourself and make sure you have a um, a heart that's um, pleasing to God. Absolutely. I'm, I'm about to post that one on, on Facebook, man. I love convicting people. I don't I don't judge anybody, but I like I like conviction. You know what I'm saying? Like I like saying things and I like posting things that cause other people to feel badly about not badly, but to self reflect. And if that means feeling badly, then it is what it is. But and I think that that's we you know because certain things I'm convicted about. So if I have to self reflect, and guess what? You guys are going to as well. You know what I'm saying on Facebook. You know, on this show, I'm going to say the things that, you know, is, is biblically sound, you know, and, and let the chips fall where they may. Because I, I've over the years I've found that this show is, is actually hater-proof. We understand, I mean, seriously, we're hater-proof. We're, it's impossible. You know, now we may hear a psycho here and there. Like, I can probably count on one hand. Understand what I'm saying. Literally, on one hand, and Courtney, you know this. Anyone who's been around for a while, you know, Cheryl, we can probably all count on one hand, maybe a couple fingers on the second hand, how many psychos have actually called into this show talking some craziness and wanting to debate about nothing. Literally, one or like less than five, if you know, if that. And out of a, over a thousand shows, as many Facebook debaters and haters and people, you know what I'm saying? But when it comes to this show that's clearly done from a biblical perspective, very few people obviously have anything negative to say about the word of God. And that's what that's what the word will do. You know, it'll make you hater proof. In fact, we did a whole show on specifically how to deal with haters from a biblical perspective. The Bible says that when you live for God, you actually will be hated by everyone. You guys know that, right? You'd be hated by everyone. That's what the word says. You know, says, however, even though you'll be hated by everyone, over in um, Exodus 14, 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. That's one of my top three favorite scriptures of all time, because it basically confirms that you don't have to do anything. You know, when you are confronted with hate or anything like that, you, you know, let the let the Lord fight your battles for you. Which is a very great, um, you know, it's a great thing, great way of way of uh, just understanding life and living life. Um, any thoughts on that, Courtney? Before we keep it moving. Yeah, I um, I think that's a good point. Uh, specifically, the last thing you said, you know, about how just letting the Lord fight your battles for you. I think a lot of times, um, you know, we have that temptation. You know, when we are posting scriptures or, you know, doing something positive, um, you know, for God and um, just thanking God and praising him, and then you'll get, you know, the haters that say certain things. And so the temptation is, is there to, you know, sink to their level and feel like, you know, you have to defend God, and so you have to go in on those people. But like the scripture says, you don't have to say anything. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to defend yourself. You just sit back and chill out. And that was something that I, you know, used to struggle with because, you know, people would say certain things and I wanted to, you know, the temptation was to go off, but I just backed away. And like you said, the Lord just fought it for me. And it's nothing to fight. Like, I don't have to worry about fighting. Right, absolutely. In fact, the Bible even confirms that it says when a man's ways please the Lord, 
you know, then his enemies will be at peace with him. You know what I'm saying? So that basically is, it says it all right there. When you when you're doing what you what God is happy with, you know, there's nothing for people to say. They may hate on you on Facebook, but you know, there's really not too much they can say outside of that because, you know, your your ways please the Lord. Uh, what else? What else does the word say? This is this is deep. This is over in Leviticus, Leviticus. 1518. And understand, we've never done this before. This is historic right here. This is, we, let me just be clear. We have never done an entire show um, wh- where we discuss nothing but Scripture. You know that, right, Courtney? This is the very first time? Yeah, it is. Like, I have no outline. You know what I'm saying? Like, everything that we're talking about is straight from the Word. We've we've talked, you know, obviously shows have been done from a biblical perspective, but, like, the whole show, nothing but this show from a Bible, biblical standpoint, this is uh, first of, first of uh, you know, ever. So it's, it's fun. This is great. Good stuff right here. Um, and I'm enjoying this just like you guys are. I mean, this is, like, when I do shows, I, let me just tell you something real quick. The way I do shows is because radio, we talked about the other night, is just non-existent. Like it's a bunch of garbage, a bunch of foolishness on the radio nowadays. Like that's why I call ourselves Real Radio That Matters. And you know, I do shows that I would want to hear as a listener. So I'm being entertained just like you guys are. You know what I mean? So the Bible is fun, and we should make it fun. We should make it cool. And that's the only way we're going to see changes when people start being like, "Wow, yeah, let's talk about the Bible." Like let's. Like the young woman said, I mean, we're just regular people talking about the word, but we're not preaching, we're not talking down to people, we're just talking about it. This is Bible study right here, right here. In fact, that's actually how I got saved, just to share a quick story with you. I was never into church growing up. You know, I tell you guys that all the time. My parents were not really into church, you know, grow up. my grandparents were, but my, you know, my family, you know, just was not, that's not what we did. We just didn't go to church on a regular basis, and... um so when I went to college is actually when I really started living for God. And, oh, I shouldn't really say that because I didn't live for God in college, but it's when I was introduced to really knowing God, you know, and understanding the Bible and, you know, and giving my life to God. Um, but the reason why that happened was because, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, meet a guy who befriended me and my group of friends and began taking us to uh, – you know, to to church with him and uh, having Bible study with us. He would cut our hair and, you know, we would just talk about issues from a male perspective, you know, from a biblical perspective. And it, it was cool. Like, it was fun as opposed to some old guy trying to talk down to us and preach to us. And so I'm just saying that that is often the best way to reach people is just by talking to them, you know, like what we're doing, you know, today. So I just want to share that with you with you guys. Uh, but over in Leviticus fifteen eighteen, it speaks about sex. And this, is, this is as real as it gets. It says right here, if a man lies with a woman and has a mission of semen, both of them shall bathe themselves in water and be unclean until the evening. Now, I mean, I don't really think there's too much, you know, explanation needed there, you know, but... Courtney, any thoughts on that one? Wow, I I'm reading along with my version, and I didn't I didn't. Um, you must be reading from a different version, but I like what you read though. That's a discounted because that's deep, like that really is, and that just shows how serious, um, you know, God 
views fornication and how we really need to, you know, be in the word about it because God is not playing. Like, this is for real. Right. And I'm going to tell you something else. This is even deeper than what I initially realized because many of you guys know when we speak about sex, Certainly, if you've done private counseling, there's a whole, you know, I've developed a five-phase cycle towards achieving 100% emotional availability. And a big part of um, of that process is understanding men, you know, and specifically understanding how men feel about sex. And if you've ever spoken to men, you've heard our shows that we've done on sex. Ladies, you have to understand, when you have sex with a man and he doesn't call you after that or he acts funny or starts acting different, it's because... He's 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 disgusted by you, you know, and it doesn't mean that you're a bad person, but it's the act causes you both to be dirty. But very few people, male or female, will view themselves as being dirty. So clearly, these men are viewing you as disgusting, viewing as you as ugly, as dirty. But the word confirms that here. It says because when you have sex with a man and he he ejaculates, there's the emission of semen. Says that both of you shall bathe yourselves in water and be unclean. You will be, you will be dirty. So it's not about how he sees you; it's about how you are. You are dirty. Again, both people are dirty. But again, I'm just speaking, trying to help the ladies understand, have a better understanding of why the men treat them the way they do. And I've said this for years. I've been saying this for years, but not until now have I actually been aware of the scripture that actually supports exactly what I've been saying for years. Men view you as dirty, ladies, and I could never really put pinpoint like why that was. If you've, you've heard this show, we've talked about this, but I've never had that scripture to back it up. Now it makes perfect sense, and this I thank God for revealing this to me just in this moment, because now I can say exactly what it is. You actually are dirty, you know. Once you had, once that man ejaculates, he can't wait to get out of the crib. He can't wait to delete your number out the phone because he sees you for what you have made yourself, which is dirty. It's not that he's a dog. It's not that he's afraid of commitment. You know, although those things may be, you know, in effect, but the real reason is because he ejaculated inside of you or on you or whatever, and as a result, rendering you dirty, and that's how you're being perceived. So if you don't want to be viewed as dirty, there is, there's no way a relationship can survive fornication. 99.9% of the time it's going to fail because of how you are and how you are being viewed. This is Courtney, what are your thoughts on that? I do not know. See, I'm glad that you, you know, gave that take on it because I initially hadn't interpreted that it that way. But that, I mean, that is great. I'll say it's great only because I know that it opened the eyes of a lot of women, um, you know, and I know it blessed a lot of women after you read that. Like, we need to hear things like that because we go into these situations blindly and, you know, have high expectations not knowing, you know, how, you know, God views it for one and then how these men are viewing us as a result as well. Yeah, sex is literally the worst possible thing you can do as a woman if you hope to have love or hope to be viewed in a positive manner by that man. The moment, you, I cannot stress enough, the moment he ejaculates, and I've always said this, this is crazy, as soon as he ejaculates, he, his feelings for you change, his actions towards you will change, the way he views you you know, will be totally different. 
And it's right here in Leviticus 15:18 that says, once he lies with you and ejaculates, then you will be unclean. You'll be unclean. That's it. So, sure. Any any thoughts on that? This is um, this is very interesting and revealing stuff about what we see in today's society. Yeah, um, I remember um, the first time I heard you um, say that. It was just so just eye opening. Um, you know, I, I actually, I mean, I've been sold it for a long, we we'll just say a long time, a number of, of uh, years, and, um, you know, but right before, not long before um, I found your show, you know, I started thinking, well, you know, I don't know, I mean, I started believing the, the lies of the world, you know, like maybe, you know, um, you know, maybe I shouldn't wait until I was married um, to have sex or um, you know, just, you know, all, all these crazy, crazy lies. And, I mean, fortunately, I didn't, I mean, you know, I, I didn't have sex. But, um, you know, I just really thank God for you and the show um, because um, that, um, yeah, like just seeing how things are from a male's perspective, um, you know, so, yeah, I guess that was very eye-opening. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. Um you know, it's it's one of those things that we just have to, um, as men, you know, be mature and, and to know because it's not it's not all on the woman because there are a lot of single men out here who want love, but they are sabotaging their own hopes of finding love because they're out here, you know, having sex and doing what they're doing in these women, and you know they they themselves become dirty. So you can't be viewed as a godly man if you are dirty. Because again, don't you know? There's no misogynistic, you know, intent with what we're talking about here. Because it doesn't say women are dirty. It says men and women, both of them, are dirty, are unclean. But it's very important to understand, ladies. You will be viewed as dirty by those men. You will be viewed as a whore by those men. Okay. Once you have sex with him. You understand? That's just what it is. That's why, and if you read my novel, you know, The Love We Had, it kind of, you know, it goes into that. Obviously not from that deep from a biblical perspective, but you see the the way that, I don't want to tell too much about the book if you haven't read it, but you see how things begin to change once they introduce sex into the equation. So definitely check out the book, but more importantly, check out God's book, you know what I'm saying, which really confirms everything. That we talk about here on the show And it's just great to have confirmation Isn't it? I mean honestly How many shows have we done? How much information has been given You know that can be 100% confer- confirmed By the word of God You know go read Act Like a Lady And Think Like a Man see, see how much stuff is confirmed By the word of God in there Go read the rules Go read some of the best relation Or the best selling relationship books of all time And see really just how biblically skewed they are you know what I'm saying? And you wonder why people, are, their lives are in shambles because they're following horrible advice that is sent straight from the enemy. So it is what it is. It's unfortunate, but it is what it is. Bible says in Hebrews 13:4. Well, let me tell you something else, too. Let me, real quick, before we get into Hebrews. I mean, how many, Courtney, if you had to estimate, I mean, how many scriptures have we shared tonight? Oh. It seems like between like 
At least, at least. Let me tell you all something. We're not even done yet. God showed me all these scriptures in less than 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Everything that you guys are hearing tonight, God showed me. He lined it up for me perfectly. Like, boom, 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 boom. Like, literally, like, less than than 10, 15 minutes. And that's, that's just a blessing. You know, a lot of times it takes, you know, people like months or weeks or days to come up with shows like this or, or you know, or information like this. But this is just a way that God blesses me to bless you. But, yeah, it's, um, you know, it's just a blessing. I just wanted to share that with you guys. Um, but, yeah, Hebrews, um, what the heck is it? Where is it at? Um, lost my, my place. But basically, here it is. Hebrews 13.4 says, let marriage be held in honor among all. Let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterous. Yo, let me just ask you, how many times does God use the word or the phrase sexually immoral in the Bible? I mean, we've used it at least, I mean, at least ten times just on, you know, with ten different scriptures just on tonight's show. I mean, there's that sexual immorality. Is something that the the word speaks so much about. Yet we live in a society that couldn't be more sexually immoral, you know, and that's a problem. That tells you how close we're getting to the end of the world. Going back to days of you know Noah and the days of uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, what I'm saying where it was nothing but sexual immorality. Well, we're you know that's the entertainment industry, that's our schools, that's pretty much the workplace. It's everywhere. You know, but yeah, let marriage be held in honor. And I think that's a problem. You know, people are not holding marriage in honor. You know, they are, you know, making a mockery of marriage. You know, we're seeing things like prenuptial agreements. We're seeing things like hyphenations with the sole purpose of lack of faith that God will make that marriage forever. You know, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. That's what it's about. You know what I mean? Don't get that twisted. You know, in many cases, that's why, because there's not that lack of, there's a lack of faith. There's, there's not the, the commitment and the, the covenant between God. Like, yo, you are going to bless this marriage to be till death do us part. And so if we break up, if we divorce, I have my prenup. If we divorce, all I have to do is drop your name from my name, you know, from the hyphenation. And then it's, you know, it's back to business as normal. But that's, you know, that's not holding honor or excuse me, holding marriage in honor among all. That, that's not, that's not, you know what I'm saying, it's making a mockery, in fact. And it says, let the marriage bed be undefiled, no adultery, you know. Don't, uh, don't, don't betray your vows, don't do all types of things, you know, that God would not be pleased because it says he will judge the sexually immoral and the adulterers of the world. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? Yeah, it's you know, it's that's a very good scripture because like you said, things have gone, you know, um it, it's on another level, you know, people aren't taking marriage seriously. And it's nothing like it was decades ago. People aren't holding it in honor, you know, people are quick to, you know, um to have a divorce. Even over the smallest things, you know, people are already just to leave, oh, I'm going to get a divorce. I'm not, 
you know, going to, to work it out or anything. And then also people are getting married and not putting God first at their marriage, which, you know, will cause it to fail. So um, that was a good scripture. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. We're uh, coming to the end of our scriptures, but, you know, I definitely want to get to, actually we're not, we actually got a whole bunch more, but, you know, we'll see how many we get through, uh, you know, by the end of the night. But uh, definitely want to talk about some some forgiveness scriptures, you know, that, that, you know, speak to, you know, what no matter what we've done, no matter how sexually immoral we've been, because no one's been more sexually immoral than me. You know what I'm saying? Like, it is what it is, but... The good news is that, you know, God is able to forgive. You know, there's some hoes out here. What's the, what's the song say? There's some hoes in this house. But the fact is that God can forgive those hoes in this house, the men who have had sex with those hoes. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it is what it is. These are all things that are true. But when we trust God to forgive, the Bible, in fact, it says when we confess our sins, he's able to make our sins you know, as white as snow. You understand that? But when you continue to live in that sinful state, you know, well, that's obviously not confessing your sins, and there is no forgiveness without confession. So, unfortunately. Uh, but here it is right here, and in, in Romans speaks right to that, in fact. It says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And if in fact the spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give you life or give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. So, obviously, there, this is saying a lot here, okay? By, I mean, it says a lot, but definitely I think the gist of it is, just in the interest of time, is that we are forgiven. If you have the spirit of God in you, if God dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will give you life to your mortal bodies. Basically saying, you, you know, we're worthless, we're mortal, we can, be, we can die. But as long as we have God in us, we will basically live forever, you know, and have eternal life. That's pretty much it in a nutshell. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And any, any thoughts on that? How does that make you feel, that, that, hearing that scripture? Oh, excellent. Oh, great. I love it. I mean... Um, just knowing, I mean, which we're all sinners, but you know, Jesus, um, Jesus' right, righteousness, um, is counted for our righteousness, and so, um, you know, I, I think, um, I love the other scripture too. It just says, um, uh, what do you say? As far as your, I don't have it in front of me. Sins from the east to the west. Um, that's how. Um, God separates us from our sin after we repent. I can't. That's yeah. not the exact word. <laughs> no, no, that, that's a good paraphrasing of it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's. There's nothing wrong with that, you know. And it's it's a great way to think about it. You know, as far as the. I mean, that's a pretty far. 
You know what I'm saying? It, it couldn't be more far. You know, who knows how far the east is actually from the west. You know what I'm saying? It's infinite. And that basically says, you know, that's how we're, you know, we're forgiven. So, Courtney, any thoughts on that real quick? Yeah, that is very encouraging because I think a lot of times just when, you know, we fall into sin, we um, fall into the devil's trap of, of shame and being ashamed and feeling unworthy and feeling like we're, you know, not good enough for God. Um, a lot of times it will cause us not to go to church and just a, a variety of things. But, you know, the scripture says that we are forgiven. He just wants us to come to him. He recognizes that we make mistakes and he recognizes that we sin, but it's just all about rebounding from that and just going back to him and just working to rebuild the relationship. Absolutely, that's it. You know, there's never, you know, that's one of the reasons why that that the um, the parable about um, the prodigal son is so is one of my favorites. You know what I'm saying? Because we we have never gone so far away and done so many things that we're unable to come back home. In fact, my my parents used to always tell us that. She said, you know, they used to say, uh, you know, we you guys are you know going to get in trouble. She says, but just understand that, you know, you can always come home. You know, you can always call home. I don't care what you did. We may have the strap waiting for you the next day, but you can always call home. You never have to stay out. You never have to, you know what I'm saying, be ashamed to come back. You will always have doors open for you in this house. You know, there may be consequences, but you can always come home and will be received with love. And that's how I always grew up. But it's unfortunate that a lot of people, they don't, they didn't hear that message, so they stay in the streets. You know, a lot of people don't hear the message of God, so they stay out of the, outside of the kingdom. You know, in fact, it says right here, I was going to save this one, but it actually says right here in Revelations, speaking about being outside. Bible says, outside are the dog and the sorcerers and the sexually immoral. There, there it is again, the sexually immoral. And the murderers and the idolaters and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. That's in Revelations twenty two fifteen. The, the most important part about that scripture is outside. We just spoke about that. You know what I'm saying? Meaning outside as in outside of the kingdom of heaven. Why would you be outside when you could be inside? You know, here in Philly, I don't know where you guys are, but I'm here in Philly, and uh, it's pretty cold out. You know what I'm saying? So why would I be outside when I could be inside in the 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 warmth of my home, you know what I'm saying. So why be outside with the dogs, the sorcerers, and the sexually immoral, with the murderers and the idolaters, and everyone who practices falsehood, you know, when you could be inside. So just think about those things. You can always come home. You will always be forgiven, no matter what, and you don't have to be outside if you don't want to be. This is great stuff. Very encouraging. Um, so there's that. Over in Deuteronomy. Uh, 22.22 says, if a man is found lying with the wife of another man, both of them shall die. The man who lays with the woman and the woman. So you shall purge the evil from Israel. And I think we just really have to always, you know, take responsibility for our actions. You know, like if you commit adultery, if you are into defiling the marriage bed, I mean, there will be consequences. And it's not just about defiling the marriage bed, but it's basically, uh, uh, you know, um, 
living in sin, any form of sin, whether it's porn, you know, what's going on in that bottom sock drawer, you know what I'm saying, what, you know, what's going on on Friday night, Saturday night, who's coming over, you know, who's coming to dinner, right? I mean, you know, we all know how it goes. Yeah, the Friday, you know, uh, what is it, Keeping It Real Fridays is on. Yeah, we do Saturday Night Live here on the Dayton Tolbert Show, but keep it honest. Sometimes you don't want to listen to the rebroadcast, even though you haven't heard it, so it would be new to you. Sometimes you just want to wild out a little bit. You just want to have a little bit of fun on a Saturday night, you know, have a little sex. But, you know, it says here that both of them shall die, the man who's the, the, the freak and the woman who's the hoe. You know, and that's just what it is. This is how God feels about sin. I think we are the only ones who try to trivialize it, who try to, you know, soften the blow a little bit. But the reality is God is looking down and being like, oh, you, you know, you hoe. You know, and to the male or the female, because whore is not a gender-specific term. You know, and he hates sin and looks at it in the worst possible way. You can be forgiven for it, but don't ever think that because God will forgive you that he does not hate the actual act and will not punish you for the act if you don't if you never get forgiven. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? Yeah, I mean that is very important just to know that like you said how God views it and then a lot of times we'll not like we'll make excuses and rationalize our behavior to the point where you know, we'll we'll repeat the same offense over and over and over again. You know, just by saying, "Well, you know, I know, you know, God's going to forgive me." Or after each time, you know, you sin, or you'll be like, "Oh, you know, God, please forgive me, please forgive me." And then, like two weeks later, a week later, you're back to doing the same thing. And so we can't be unstable, and we can't be shaky in our faith. No, that's very true. That's very true. So, yeah, you don't want to be shaky. You don't want to be unstable. And at the end of the day, you don't want to be outside. You don't want to be outside of the kingdom of God, plain and simple. Because, out again, outside are the dogs, the liars, the cheaters, and the players, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're going to be outside along with the sorcerers, the people who practice astrology, the sexually immoral, the murderers, Jay-Z and Beyonce, the idolaters, the blasphemers. Anyone, it says everyone who practices falsehood. You know, Obama supports homosexuality but calls himself a Christian. That's practicing falsehood. No, no, there's no truth in that. And so all of those people will remain outside, meaning in hell. So, it's, I mean, it is what it is. Um, now, now, you guys know I couldn't talk about sex and fornication Without you know, and how God punished it, without at least going back to Ezekiel. You know, I, you know, I, I've been doing good all night. I haven't talked about <laughs> Ezekiel once, but I got to talk about. It. We got to go back to Ezekiel. You know, it's not even Ezekiel twenty-three. You know what I'm saying? If you and if you missed the what was it, a couple weeks ago where we, where we revisited Ezekiel, I think it was on the the show where we talked about scandal. Or what was it? That wasn't even now. That was the first time we talked. Well, Courtney, what was it? What was that classic show where we where we got into uh, Ezekiel twenty three again? Betrayal. I might have been betrayal. I can't recall it at the moment. Which one it was? I, I think it was betrayal. Check that out. 
check out Betrayal, guys, if you missed our in-depth analyzation of uh, of Ezekiel 23 in regards to how God viewed specifically women who exhibited hoish behavior um, back in the day. This is a uh, passage right here from Ezekiel 16:26 through 29. Actually, says here, "You also played the whore with the Egyptians, your lustful neighbors, multiplying your whoring to provoke me to anger." Behold, therefore, I stretched out my hand against you and diminished your allotted portion and delivered you to the greed of your enemies, the daughters of the Philistines, who were ashamed of your lewd behavior. You played the whore also with the Assyrians because you were not satisfied. Yes, you played the whore with them and you still were not satisfied. You multiplied your whoring also with the trading land of Chaldea, and even with this, you were not satisfied. <laughs> Yo, this is crazy right here. <laughs> Yo, God is crazy. You know what I'm saying? Like, he really breaks it down here because, look, the the Egyptians, the Chaldeans, and the Philistines, I mean, these are that's a lot of people right there. You know, that's a lot of whorish behavior. And it just kind of goes to show you that the consequences of being a whore, of whoring around. You know, you multiplied your whoring specifically to anger me. It says to provoke me to anger. It says, well, as a result, basically, I stretched my hand out against you with the pimp slap, you know, and I diminished your allotted portion. I took away what was already set aside for you. I took away the blessings that had I had intended to bestow upon you. I took that away, but instead I delivered you to the greed of your enemies. The people who hate you the most, I'm going to go ahead and give you to them. I'm, not only am I going to give you them, but I'm going to take away the blessings that you could have had. Does anybody understand that? You could have actual blessings and you've shot yourself in the foot by receiving certain blessings just from sexual immorality. You know, I know I have. I think of where I could have been now. I mean, you know, and the things I maybe could have had at this point had I not been a whore back in my earlier life. Had I not been in the club, had I not been wilding out. Imagine how many different things you guys could have accomplished had you not been, as the word says, multiplying your whoring, you know, it says provoking me to anger. I don't want to provoke God to anger, and you shouldn't either, you know. It says he, I mean, you guys, you can say, I mean, I stretch my hand out against you. What does that sound like, Courtney? I mean, to, to me that sounds like a pimp slap. I mean, is that, I mean, that's, that's I mean, Cheryl, what are, what are your thoughts on this, this scripture? <laughs> wow. Well, you know, I'm not as um. I don't know. If you feel, I, I, I need to do some more um studying on it. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely. You want to check it out? I, I, I could be wrong. It could I, not I mean the pimp slap. You know, I, I'm just well, saying that's my turn. That's why I'm right thinking about it. I guess I interpret it differently. I mean, it is for them, but I, I interpret it as like. 
he's calling Israel a whore because they're engaging with all these um, um, other countries. We've taken, like, countries serving other um, idols. But the, the concept is the same. I mean, he wants us, you know, to be faithful to him, um, you know. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's definitely talking about Israel as a whole. But specifically, you know, we can apply it to, I think it's, like, to, from an individual standpoint, though, you know, sure. what I mean? because when go ahead, sorry. Well, yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it does show. I mean, it. I mean, it does show you how much he hates. You know, just what well, I call it un, unfaithfulness. I think that um, too, in some ways. I mean, even though it doesn't sound like it, his discipline is really love. I mean, he he ends up. Because they're unfaithful to him, but he wants them to turn back to him. That is why he really um, disciplines them. And so, a lot of times, the conviction—like I've learned to appreciate conviction, conviction, and um, discipline—really um, is a form of of love. Like you know, it says, you know, um, the Lord disciplines the one he loves, like a father. You know, father disciplines his child. Right. Sure. That's just my case. Absolutely. Yeah, and and he, um, you know, all throughout the uh, specifically the Old Testament, you know, will be numerous examples of discipline, of of punishment, of of things going on that really could be avoided had we not um, multiplied our whoring, you know, because yes, it's you know it's it's said obviously in one context, but you know I know I've multiplied my whoring. You know, I know many women who have multiple sexual partners, multiple, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can look at it from so many different perspectives, you know, and a lot of things are are designed for that, specifically in the Word. He wants to teach us lessons. He wants to show us, hey, look, this is not the way to be, and if you do choose to do certain things, there will these will be the, uh, you know, the, the penalties. So, um, yeah, absolutely. But let's, you know, enough of that, though. You know, I, w- I wanted to save that one for last. You know, just because I love Ezekiel, the whole book, you know. Um, but let's talk about forgiveness. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. You know, that's what's most important. It doesn't matter what you've done. doesn't matter how you've done it. You know, it doesn't matter how many sexual partners you had. doesn't matter your level of sexual um, immorality. Uh, over in 1 Corinthians, it says, you know, when we talk about whoring, when we talk about hoish behavior, well, it says right here that, and such were some of you, right? I mean, that's what we're talking about, sexual immorality. It says, many of you, and such were some of you. Many of you were hoes, were whores, exhibited sexual immorality, but you were washed and you were sanctified. In fact, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. How encouraging is that? You know, even though it says, and such were some of you, some of you wilded out, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified, you know, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of God, of our God, which means that you're good, which means that you are saved, which means that you are forgiven, which is the most important thing. You know, Courtney, what, what do you think about it? Isn't that encouraging to know that it says, and such were some of you? He's talking to you specifically. He's talking to me specifically, but we were sanctified. Yeah, I mean, it's it's very encouraging just knowing, you know, where I was. 
And then, you know, um, compared to now, I mean, it, it was only because of his, his mercy and his grace. And I'm so thankful for that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I said earlier on in the show, the Lord will fight for you, and you only have to be silent. Again, that's in Exodus 14, 14. You know, I mean, that's that's the ultimate forgiveness is when not only is you go from being his enemy, you know, to him fighting for you. I don't know about you guys, but I'd rather have God fighting for me than actually fighting me. You know what I'm saying? Seriously. <laughs> you know, you have a choice. He can fight for you or he can destroy you, you know, in in, in, in regards to eternal damnation. So you may want to do the right thing. It says right here in Isaiah 118 that though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. But that comes after you, you know, you confess your sins. And when you really look at, you know, really look up what scarlet is, I mean, you know, it doesn't matter how bad you've been, how much of a hoe you were, how sexually immoral you were, male or female, says I will make them white as snow. I will make you white as snow. You know, I will, you know, basically create, make you, you know, a new being, basically. And that is a very great and encouraging thing because, you know, you don't have to be the same way. And not only do you not have to be the same way, if we're talking about women, men will not see you in the same way. A lot of, you know, my counseling businesses, I've been around doing what I've doing through counseling for 10 years, mainly because there are so many women who have done certain things and as a result, they are being viewed and treated by men in a certain manner. And they can't figure out. They reach out because they want to be viewed in a different way. Well, this is it right here. It says, you know, I will make them white as snow, which basically means I will make you white as snow, you know what I'm saying, and make you, you know, attract a totally different type of man. That's the whole foundation of Talbert Relationship Counseling and what we do and why we do it. So. It's all about getting better than what you've had. Um, but to get that, though, you have to do things that you've never done. Uh, what else? What else can we talk about? I mean, that's basically it. I mean, those are like the most, uh, for me, the best scriptures, you know, and the the most all-encompassing scriptures that speak directly to forgiveness and God's love, you know. And um, so, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, we could be here all night. I mean, there's so many more that talk about temptation. There's so many more that talk about punishment. There's so many more that talk about forgiveness. But hopefully tonight we've just given you just a few, a few scriptures of, of what God says, what God's word says about love and forgiveness and, um, you know, and, and how to uh, achieve the fruit of the Spirit, you know. But what happens if you don't achieve it? Any last thoughts, Courtney, anything you wanted to share? And, you know, real quick, let me uh, say thank you to Cheryl for being here all night. I know it's past her bedtime, but I appreciate her being here on this evening. Courtney, what's going on with you, man? Any last thoughts or comments? Yeah, I was just um, saying that, you know, I I hope that, well, actually I know that, you know, this show was a blessing, but it was a blessing to me, so I want to say thank you, um, you know, to God as well as yourself just for providing this information for us. And then as far as the listeners, just, you know, I would say don't, you know, beat yourself up over what has happened in the past, decisions that you have made. At this point, it's just all about moving forward and, you know, just repenting and just 
striving every day, you know, to be more and more like Christ and just work on um, developing that relationship with him. And so when you do, you know, it will be um, it will be much easier um, to fight temptation. So that's what that's I'm saying. It. That's it. Absolutely, uh, Courtney. Thank you for uh, thank you for being here, <clears throat> being here every night. But definitely, uh, you know, for the words of wisdom, uh, you guys. If you want a female perspective from from counseling, uh, from a counseling standpoint, definitely reach out to Courtney at trctoday.com. You know, check her out. Uh, one of the last things that I'll I'll share with you guys is, um, you know, obviously tonight's show is a uh, was obviously done from a one hundred percent biblical perspective. You know, but we're talking about real issues, but what God says about real issues, which to me is priceless. But unfortunately, you know, the the world, there's a, a large world outside of this show, and this is what the word says about that. It says that for a time is coming when people will no longer listen to sound and wholesome teaching, but instead they will follow their own desires and they will seek out teachers who will tell them whatever their itching ears want to hear. And that's in 2 Timothy 4.3. So as many scriptures as, we have, as we've given tonight, and as much valuable information from a biblical perspective as, as we've given, as life-changing as tonight's show was, there will still be people, just look around Facebook, there are a lot of people who are listening right now, but there are a lot of people who are not listening right now. You know what I'm saying? And that which confirms what we're talking about. They saw the advertisement for tonight's show. But it says they won't want to hear sound and wholesome teaching, but instead they will follow their own desires, sexual desires often, and seek out people, seek out false teachers who will tell them whatever they want to hear. The Bible says, hey, look, don't have sex. Don't be sexually immoral. Why is someone who speaks about waiting 90 days to have sex a bestseller? You understand? The reason is right here. It's because people are seeking out teachers to tell them what they want to hear, teachings that will allow them to be able to have sex, not teachings that say be celibate and wait on the Lord and have faith and trust God, but teachings that say it's okay to do as thou wilt. It's okay to live for now. It's okay because you only live once. These are all satanic teachings, guys. You understand that? So listen to Second Timothy four three. Follow, you know, live your life with a, you know, use the Bible as a blueprint on how to live life. Yeah, I've written books. Yeah, there are a lot of other books out there, but the most important book. Obviously, is what we've been listening to and reading from all night this evening, which is the Word of God. So, I want to thank you guys for listening in. I wanted to give you, uh, you know, another live show this week. I know we were live on uh, Monday night, so check that out if you missed it. And um, maybe we'll surprise you, pop back up with another live show uh, later on this week. So, thank you guys for listening, and I'll see y'all tomorrow night.
Well, I did on told motivate you, girl. I did on be a motivation. Shall I date on told come and rock your world? Let mm. date on be your motivation. Shall I date on told and motivate you, girl? Let date on be your motivation. Shall I date on told come and change your world? Don't ever let yourself settle for. Date on be your motivation, child. Let date on tour come and change your world. 